Hey, welcome back to Reselect. This is Dave Gershman. I'm glad you decided to join us again. Thanks for coming back to the music podcast that has it all, or at least has quite a bit of it. Yeah, so this episode was recorded toward the end of last summer, um, and that's just how uh, how we do things. We, um, we're usually a few months ahead of the actual publication date, as they say in the publication of podcast world. Yeah, we recorded this back when it was still pretty warm, and, and right now it's not. But that will not detract from the quality of this podcast, of course, uh, especially because it's Nico Case. And you probably knew that already because you clicked on the episode name. And you probably already like Nico Case or are interested in Nico Case. Or maybe you haven't even heard of her and you just say, huh, who's that? I'm going to check it out. No matter how you got here or why you clicked on that title, you will be entertained, at the very least, by Nico Case. The portion of her discography that we'll be talking about covers um, everything from the Virginian in 1997 to The Worst Things Get, dot, 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 in 2013. Okay, enough spiel. Let's get to the discussion of Nico Case. So why are there two tracks going in your... Hmm? It's left and right. It's a stereo recording. Go figure. That's crazy. Well, that's what I was just doing with uh, the panning. Oh, yeah. Like if you talk. Like if I were to talk right now, Can I'd go from it? left to right. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's really yeah. kind of cool. It's super trippy, man. So I'm putting you in the right. I'm on the right. I'm in the center, and Sarah's in the I'm left. I'm in the left? I mean, we're all a little bit everywhere. Whoa. <laughs> we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Dave earlier, I was walking with a friend. It was getting kind of dark out down this country road. It was just a few days ago, and uh, I thought, well, make your best owl sound. <laughs> and so I was waiting for this. He stopped for a second. I was waiting for this who. So he went, yeah! <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was louder than I thought. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It was just like, oh, dude, you just amazing. broke everything. <laughs> you broke all of Dave's very special <laughs> smoke coming out of my mouth. Delicate <laughs> we equipment. We pegged out over yeah. there. Totally <laughs> <out>. <laughs> nice job. I didn't though. know I could do that. That's pretty okay, amazing. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the quaver in his voice is like, ah, real funny, guys. <laughs> so, Nico Case. Nico Case. So how much did we all know about Nico Case before he started listening? Nothing. Like, I've never had hadn't heard of her before. And nor did I recognize any of her songs. I might have heard Hold On before. Yeah, that seems like that might yeah. have been one you'd heard. Uh that that got some radio play at the time yeah. it came out. So But other than that, uh, I was totally unfamiliar with her her music. I the only song I knew was when you put on a mix for me. Oh. Um it's one of the ones that starts with the, something about a train. <laughs> she said, narrowing it down. Um, anyway, but for me, like I knew that she as a musician and um, as a professional musician had like legit pedigree because all of my super nerdy music friends in Chicago mm. were always like, they didn't even say to me she's good. They mm -hmm. just talked about her like she was 
super incredible. And I didn't ask because I could tell, like, if I didn't know already that I was kicked out of the club. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, uh huh. And they're just, you know, they would go see her and talk Mm -hmm. about her. So I picked up that she was someone really important. Something special. What era in your life was this? This this would have been my early 20s. So right after I was like a DJ in college Mm -hmm. and I moved to Chicago, and the majority of my friends worked in the music business there. They either recorded, they made music, they played music. They ran venues, they booked bands, or they worked in bars that had really good venues. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the, my social scene. So these people would know. <clears throat> yeah. So that, but that was it. Like, I hadn't really listened. And when we started with The Virginian, it's so country-sounding mm-hmm. that I was immediately like, oh, man. Like, it was good, right. but I was like, country music. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I, don't feel, I don't know if I'm in the mood for country music. Right. Because it's like a thing. Right. You don't always, right. to my experience. And so when the Virginian you listened to, was that at the beginning, the inception of this idea to, to listen to Nico Case on mm-hmm. our podcast? Yeah, you, yeah, You're exactly. going chronologically. I went chronologically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. there too, yeah. Yeah. Right? And, and I was like, it's good. Her voice is amazing. The songs are solid. Pretty standard mm-hmm. country tropey kind of vibes. Her voice is like really, she's got a really talented range. She's got really good control. The, the the production is good. The recording is good, which was a bonus because that first record, what was that, 03? Uh, no, 90, 97. 90, yeah. To sound that, that style of music to sound good in 97 is huge because mm. there was a lot of overproduction going on back yeah, then, right? Yeah, yeah. So like that clean, that actually like where you get the vibe that it's real instruments playing because it's simple music. Right. And at that time, a lot of simple music was like distorted and like a lot of stuff done in... Right. In production to change it. There's definitely a bare bones kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot, a lot going on in a lot of the songs, but sure, it's kind of a bare bones production as much as. But it still sounded really great. Still to, yeah. to modern to like my listening today right. sounds, right. which is a surprise. Oh, yeah, it sounds fantastic. That's, yeah, a good surprise. But <clears throat> I didn't think I would really want to listen to that record that mm-hmm. many times. Did it grow on you? Uh, like, yeah. and to the point where you you didn't mind, you didn't care about that country aspect of it, and. Well, I went through the progression and then I got to like blacklisted and I started texting all my friends Mm -hmm. like, this is the one you should listen to. And then I got to Fox Confessor and I was like, never mind. I actually, sorry, I just hit the wire in my exuberance. I actually went back and retexted people. Forget the thing I said. Start with Fox Confessor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it's all the bones of the beginning stuff that are good. But then more. And then it brings it. That became my favorite album also. Right. Yeah. Did, did that end up being your favorite, you think? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But then I'll go back and, you know, mm-hmm. the early stuff still sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. There's no... Right. And there's particular songs going back also mm-hmm. that I'm particularly fond of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Why did you pick these records out of her discography, her uh, solo discography, let's say? I Well, I've, I should say I've been a fan of hers for a long time, and I, I was listening to her like around the time Blacklisted came out. Mm. I think that's about the time I discovered her, and... Um, so those three I just knew were awesome albums, and I really wanted to hear you guys take yeah. on that stuff. I mean, if that's all we add in the world of her music, it's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, no question. Right. The quality of those albums. Right. And exactly. the songs and the singing. Yeah, her, her voice is... And Dave, I noticed that on your Reselect uh, podcast, you have one of her songs. Hold on. On one of your reselected Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Planes. Thanks for knowing. Yeah, and this is like yeah. 2000, <laughs> I don't know, it's many years ago. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the only one I have of hers yeah. right now. But Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say that's my favorite song of hers mm-hmm. necessarily. I mean, Do you many, have one? Many, I don't think so. There's just too right. many good ones. Yeah. I can't really <clears throat> narrow it down. Like, I have a favorite, but it's not one I want to listen to. 
Not one you want. Oh, wait, huh? is it the one, the Hawaiian? The Hawaii? Ha- Honolulu. Honolulu, yeah. But the kid? Midnight, yeah, that's <laughs> that's so intense. Oh, my God, yes. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever heard in my life. Wow, but I don't want to listen to it every day, but I do, because it's so good. I, I made a note about Oof. that somewhere, uh, like her, possibly her most intense song. Um, I think it. Yeah. yeah it's it's, yeah, hardly any music and, to it, even. She's just her. The subject matter is so sensitive. Yeah. And, and it's so well, raw. And it's raw, but yeah. it's so honest. Like, it doesn't feel fake or... Mm-hmm. And then the message at the end of this, like... Well, uh, let's, uh, let's play a little bit of Should it. Should we play? I, I'm, like, I'm, this is a snippet of it. Well, it, 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 it's one of those songs where I don't know if, like, a snippet really does it yeah. justice, but... Well, that just yeah. gives more for yeah, other people yeah. to... It, it was on that... That album was the one I didn't know for... I uh, didn't know at all, actually. That's um, uh, the, 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 the uh, fight. The worst hold. things get, the harder yes. I fight, the harder I fight, the oh more God. I love you. It's the, the best album title ever. <laughs> can we... Can I, can I just say it while you're looking up the song? yeah. yeah. The worse things get, the harder I fight, the harder I fight, the more I love you. Yeah. That's That's amazing. an album title, you guys. Yeah, I know. That, that. I'm I'm super impressed by poets that repeat repeat words oh, yeah. effectively. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she does that so well. Yeah. She like she'll hammer you with the same word in a song. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing about her, it's just, you know, she's known for her amazing voice right. by a lot of people. But it doesn't stop there. I mean, that her, she most of her songs, most of her albums are originals. Yeah. Either yeah, co-written often with people yeah. for the music, but I think she does most or all of the, the lyricism. Lyrics. Yeah, and uh, she really is a really good songwriter. And, and even on like, the same yeah. album, it can be a totally different kind of song. And mm-hmm. Every one of her albums is representative of all of her capabilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I've uh, found the song here, and hopefully, it's going to not be too loud. Let's see. That I saw at the bus stop one day It was nearly midnight In Honolulu We were waiting for the shuttle To take us to the aeroplane When your mother said Your mother said Like I couldn't hear her She said Get the fuck away from me Why don't you Religious experience. I know. Well, Mm -hmm. I I assume this. She's just telling you exactly something that happened Mm -hmm. in real. Sure, it's completely believable. We've all we've all experienced something like that before, right? The the melody of it is constantly in flux. You know, it's kind of her song structure is not. Well, she does that. Fits within the rest of her song catalog. That's true because she doesn't do chorus verse, chorus verse, or whatever the traditional structure is. She just does the song. Yeah, but this one's more extreme. 
than yes, others. Yes, it say. is an extreme one because it has like a whole bunch of little bits that right. are all kind of disparate, right. but like and... the best ever. Oh, yeah. That you can, yeah. that she managed to say something so powerful, so simply and so beautifully. It just feels really raw, you yeah. know, and just, but like you, you almost want to thank her for, for doing, for, you know, giving that child a voice because a lot of people see that and they just walk by and they, I mean, they may bother them, but. Well, because what are you, you know, you. What can you do? I mean, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the whole idea of interfering with parenting right, is right, it's right. pretty, it's pretty really serious. a wonderful gesture on the end of the song to extend her house saying. Yes, you know, really to the love, to the child. Yeah. 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 I, I when I was mowing the lawn, I found myself getting all choked up. Like, oh, every time I listen yeah, to it, yeah, the, arm, the hairs on my yeah, arm stand exactly, straight yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the song I've shared out the most to people. Really? Yeah, yes, because yeah. I'm like, you need to. You've never heard anything like this before. Did you get some reactions? But Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gathering raw data. Yeah, okay, Sorry. Okay. I'll get back to you. I'll make a chart. <laughs> Be curious to hear. Really. It's mm-hmm. a, well, to get back to uh, the earlier albums where we were kind of starting out. I, I think the Virginian, it, it's the kind of country I love. I mean, I, I'm, hmm. I'm not, never call myself a country music fan, but there are certain types of country that I think are great. And I, it's sort of that swing, Texas swing mm-hmm. kind of mm. uh, rockabilly-ish, and, and that falls right into that Yeah, rockability describes some yeah, of those songs for yeah. sure. Yeah, and um, <laughs> like the honky-tonk hiccups, I well, just I love that, that song. That see, that's the song I like the least on this really? record because it's so goofy. <laughs> it is, but it's. An I mean, origin. it's a great song. It's yeah. well written. It's funny. It's it's well, enjoyable, but it's goofy as shit. What and I, love I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> really? I, I just I, I love mean, the way pe- she play it. it. I'm just saying. Yeah, the fact that it's an original, actually, it was written by somebody else with her. I mean, like for her album, it, it just it could so easily have been an actual song from the 50s yeah you know, it's, no it's agree so I, perfect for i 100 percent agree with that yeah, yeah yeah um here i'll play a little bit yeah cool bit. oh did you really like it too i, I didn't know about the title i was trying to Well, I like her singing, and I like, I like, I always like her singing, but, uh, but there's that backing vocal that really sounds so Everly Brothers, kind of, it's, uh, and I love that guitar style. Right, well, and that's a large part of it, too, it's just, yeah, no, it's, it's a rave up, you know, and I just, I think it's a lot of fun, it's just, yeah, I found the cure on the hardwood floor. You know, it's it's, it's the whole feeling of it is really great. I'm sure, it's a little novelty. I think it's a bit novelty. It's like a novelty song, yeah. which yeah. is not a condemnation of it by any means. Yeah, when it's that style of music, I get more into the slower, mm-hmm. the slower songs. Yeah, like a song like that, I'll listen to once and be like, "It's good, I get it." I don't ever mm-hmm. like, "I want to turn this one on," because <laughs> I'm really serious. Like the lyrics, if the lyrics are silly to me, mm-hmm. I don't generally want to listen to it well i think i would i would say that if for me it's like not a song i, I seek out by itself but there in the know. midst in the context of the whole album sure I, I love it just makes the album that much more like lively and fun and goofy sure but i just disagree with you uh <laughs> well, without that album i struggled with that one right there i, I, I yeah. tried to go chronological mm-hmm. first and you're saying I, the album or the the virginian. song the virginia yeah. Virginia, yeah and uh you know, I have a bias against country music, just like you guys voiced. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I moved on to all the next albums. There was so much other stuff that I liked <laughs> so much more. That's true. I I maybe came back to this one once or twice, and each uh-huh. time I 
was like, I can't, I can't wait to the goddamn thing's over with. Oh, <laughs> except, well, oh, but 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 yeah. there's some great songs on it though. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't want to take that away. Yeah, there, there were some songs that kind of caught me. Like uh, "Furnace Room Lullaby" was the same thing for yeah. me. Oh, yeah. But there was a song or two on there that I really, really? Liked that you found that to be too country for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Country. I mean, calling it country is too too easy. Too. It, yeah. It's not. It fits into the country genre, but it's not. It you know, feels like, like country because she does a twangier voice yeah, than on her right. other mm-hmm, records. Mm-hmm. And right. the subject matter is very straightforward. Unlike her later stuff, that gets a little more interesting lyrically. Right, mm-hmm. right. This is very like Lonely Old Lies and like Timber. Right. And like my favorite one from the record is Somebody Led Me Away, mm-hmm. which is just like the countryest sounding. It's like this lovelorn, like song torn out of you like you were cheating on me and while you were doing that and that was i fell in love with somebody else oh really who wrote it loretta lynn cover of course Hmm. it is she didn't write it she sang it first though uh it was written for her for for loretta lynn back in the i think it was the 70s it 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 sounds like the most like like honky talk hiccups yeah Yeah. you know I, i definitely see how if you have a bias against country music this would be a harder one to to get through but i I think there are a lot of songs that really, you know, bear out upon repeated listening. So mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. had you come back to it more than once or twice, I think you might have started to... Well, can you identify uh, a song on there? Yeah, well, there's one. Song. And it's it's also a cover, though. Uh, <laughs> Is it the Queen cover? No, but that was... She covers a Queen that's song That's a Queen on cover on record. here. Did you know that? See? You would have Is known that, that had you. No, <laughs> if I'd listened you more than once. No. More than you can't months. pick it up from listening to it. It doesn't sound like a Queen song. Yeah. But it's from their Sheer Heart Attack album. It's apparently something I need to listen to because Nico Cates it's, is it's super called, into it. It's called Misfire. You know, I'll play a little bit of hers and maybe oh, we'll... we play a little bit of the Queen yeah, song too. Yeah. Yeah. So super country. Yeah. yeah. But it's not a country song by them. That's right. And that's not her saying that's a, a guy. Yeah, that's a guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great song. Yeah, it's anyway. not bad. I mean, I, I feel like hearing that live would be like mind blowing. Yes, that would be a lot of fun. That would be, be real awesome. raucous. Yeah. So she really likes this album, Sheer Heart Attack. I heard her talk about it. Oh, really? In an interview hmm. um, with Vox, where she says that um, the thing that blew her, blew her mind about this record is that like Freddie Mercury will, or the band will use like, you listen to a whole song and there's like the best part of the song, the best hook in the song they use once and that's it. Yeah. And she's like, that just blew my mind yeah. as a songwriter, that you would structure your songs that way, that you wouldn't just be like, I do this and thing, and then I do yeah. this thing, and then I do this thing, but instead that, like, they just go. Right. On this album in particular, she was saying? On that, that album yeah. in particular. There is, I, I actually know Sheer exactly what she means, because yeah. uh, the, the song, Now I'm Here, I had forgotten that it was one of my favorite songs from the album, but I had listened to it in ages. But it's like that. It's got, it's a really good song throughout. It's got some great guitar by Brian May, but then there's this one little twist a little hook in the melody that only happens uh, twice ultimately they do it again at the end but it's not like a carried through but it's such a good part of the song and they just i mean instead of like focusing on one of those things just repeating it until everybody's tired of it you know right. that's the strategy makes you hungry for it you know just yeah just do it again. once yeah, yeah. yeah uh well here's here's misfire but their version of misfire yes. 
I don't. I don't know how she or whoever, whose idea it was to make that Queen song a country song. Mm. I, I just. I don't know where that came from, but it worked. I think it worked fantastically well. I, I, but Queen, like, I mean, they, they definitely recorded rockabilly and country songs. Yes, yes. So, I wouldn't say that one though. No, not at all. But which came first? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. It wasn't until later they did the more. Right. Never mind. Because yeah, because she would have covered that way after. Queen stopped recording because yeah, 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 yeah. Freddie Mercury yes, was yeah. already mm-hmm. dead. If, can, we, can we talk a little more about this album, <laughs> despite that you... Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has one of possibly my favorite Nico Case song performance. I shouldn't say song because she didn't write it. It's a cover also. The, the Virginian. Duchess. Duchess. No. It, well, it's from The Virginian, yes. Now, we're talking about The Virginian, but the song is Duchess. And uh, it's a cover of a song by Scott Walker, who was kind of this obscure cult songwriter, singer. He was in a group called the Walker Brothers, and they had a hit. And I, he was kind of like a, a Leonard Cohen-ish, hmm. but with a little more orchestration kind of thing. He's a pretty interesting guy. I saw it in a documentary on him once. But anyway, she, she takes that song, and because she's singing it as a woman, it's a whole different hmm. perspective. She hasn't changed the lyrics at all, you know, but it mm-hmm. just makes it feel different. And, but I just find it, it's like, I just love the the melody and the her performance is amazing. Can you play his version first? Oh, yeah. Right? Do Doesn't that? Sure, sure, sure. Let's reverse it on the flip it on the last um, one. I do not know who Scott Walker is, and I find that very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I should read up on him. He's you said all very the things. bizarre. He is a really weird guy. And uh, what what time period are you talking about? Late sixties. Like, how many records? Uh, he had like a dozen, probably. Well. I saw the documentary a few years ago, and I've forgotten a lot, but. Here's his version. It's your bicycle bells and your Rembrandt swells. It's probably from like 67. Look his voice. And still breathing. And your look of lost. He apparently was really into Jacques Brel, and he was like really influenced by this French. Yeah, it has a French cadence to it. Kind of It'll just kind of speak words. Yeah, yeah. Very kind of breath. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. That's very, and it's a very masculine yeah. song. It's a very traditional, like, Duchess. what yeah. person calls his lady friend a duchess? <laughs> yeah. Like, who is he dating? Is she 70? Yeah, I've never quite <laughs> wears really out. beautiful suits. Yeah, the, the, Duchess, Duchess. So her singing that just, it gives it a whole different twist. And it, it's still a very, it's, it's just hard to pin down what, what it's supposed to be about, but... Here is her. Well, I mean, I feel like Duchess would be a very stately poodle that you would own. <laughs> it's like a stately it's poodle. It's more of a pointer. Oh, German yeah. shirt here pointers. Uh. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
there, that part, that, that turn of the melody, I just love that. Sings it. It sounds like she's singing to a horse. <laughs> I mean, it's a really fine animal. Yeah, yes, very thoroughbred. Worthy of song. Thoroughbred Duchess. Yeah. I know, but ever since I mean, as long as I've known this album, that song has stood out to me as hmm. just like a like a peak of the whole. It's so funny with her songs. So many of them, like they start out a certain way, and like I'll listen and be like okay, I get the rhythm, like, maybe this isn't a rhythm that I don't find doesn't grab my heart right away or whatever. And then she'll do something with her voice. Mm. I don't know what it is. Like, she'll slide on a note unexpectedly or she'll turn it into this sweet, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. sweet sound. And it just, then the whole song becomes special and beautiful and poignant. And, like, I, yeah. I think, oh, this is my favorite. But, like, you started <laughs> playing that. And I, I was like, oh, I remember this one. I listened to it. Eh, it's okay. And then... She does that at the end of that first verse. She does that slide into that sweet space, and yeah, it's just. Yeah, just I'm there. glad you said that because there are certain things about you know I discussed those two albums as being a little too country, right? But they're not country. They're not, and they have these interesting little tidbits that you just referenced. You know, yeah, that made them a little more interesting yeah. to me. Because there's the bones yeah. of her later stuff in there where right. she doesn't mm -hmm. just do a traditional song structure. Again, and it, it comes back to like what is country, but mm. there, there's this whole era of of country in the 50s and 60s where you had a lot of this heavily orchestrated stuff right and you know and some of it's really beautiful like you know yeah. some george jones stuff mm -hmm. and and uh i'm struggling to think of other examples at the moment but uh it's it is country in one hand but it kind of escapes classification to some degree too i mean it's, it's just it's, it's i kind of start to think my way to describe it is american music Hmm. because it is country but it also is a little rock and roll it's a little rockabilly like i i feel like that style of music is is incredibly american and it's yes. like what makes it what it is right and it's very very roots i mean yeah like that whole there's a too well you can hear the instruments right right like in, it's like you can hear the fingers making playing the instruments in that moment which feels in the same way like raw and kind of honest mm -hmm. Well, one yeah. thing also struck me about that is, you know, how Patsy Cline was kind of on the edge mm -hmm. of, of that right. genre of music. Sure. Uh, Nico Case is doing the same, something very similar right. that Patsy Cline did. Uh, mm. She is one of, she's one of the closest, I, I think, as far as Nico's voice goes, I think Patsy Cline is uh, clearly a, uh, a reference point for mm -hmm. describing it. I, you can't really... Well, so, some of the notes a, that the Nico power, can hit. Right? right. And the power of it. The power of it. But... So, so she does those things, right? Uh -huh. It's powerful. She has a range that is incredible. But I also think there's something so honest about her voice. So appealing and, and natural sounding. She's like a Disney princess, a singing Disney princess in a David Lynch animated well, movie. Because yeah. it, her stuff is, her shit is creepy. Yeah. Well, and uh, yes, the David Lynch thing was something I was going to be bringing up. Too. Not just the subject matter, and but that kind of she's, guitar she, sound she uses. Yeah, she is uh, basically in the world of Twin Peaks. She would have been oh, the, totally. the biggest music star. Right. They, she's they on knew. that stage. Yeah. At, yeah. Right. Yeah, she would play at that club. <laughs> yes. Yeah. With her red hair. Oh, yeah. she, she has the look, too. Yeah, she definitely oh, has Oh, yeah. She has that like yeah. country chanteuse kind of like. 
she would punch yeah. you in the face, but she looks like a lady. Right. When she, yeah, she definitely kicks ass. I mean, <laughs> like physically, metaphorically, whatever she, um, and she's actually refer- referenced David Lynch and Angelo Badalamenti, mm. who is the theme music mm-hmm. writer for oh, that, yeah. um, as big influences on her albums and uh, particularly, uh, blacklisted. Mm. And, and, and she's like the, the most Northwest Pacific performer. I think she's like perfect for this region. And she comes, oh, yeah. you know, and she's she, got that beautiful song about Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh she God, has many years so spent in the Tacoma, Seattle area region. She didn't, she wasn't born here and she doesn't currently live here, but Thrice she lived, all American. Yes. I want to tell you about my hometown. It's a dusty old jewel in the South Puget. Wait, is it a jewel? That's a good question. Right. Yeah. A little tongue-in-cheek. Well, the people that live there would tell you that. Sure. Oh, they're pretty love... ferocious oh, about it. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> she can think of it that way if she wants to. Well, she left. That's how why she can think of it that way. <laughs> she can think of it fondly. She knows. Again, for a while, I'm surprised that I liked it because it has that country rock of it. Yeah. Open your mind, Eric. You're, you're, I, grew, I grew up. This in is the, the song I love. The lyric I love the most in that song about the old buildings and like yeah. finding it interesting. Well, it's certainly the most autobiographical, I think, on this album. Probably is it? Yeah. That's a bold statement, considering okay, how sure. uh, esoteric her lyrics are. Right. But it's clearly written from her personal experience, uh, yeah. uh, to that extent. That's like an Irish shanty kind of yeah. instrumentation yeah. in there. Little pokes. Yeah, stuff, which I generally hate. Just Irish music. No offense to the Irish culture, because I have great respect for the people of yeah. that country. Of course. No, that, that's a great song. And uh, hmm. there's uh, interestingly, as three songs later, there's South Tacoma Way. So mm-hmm. she really, which is not the same song, because no, I kept no. trying to recommend that one to people oh, I know. Oh. You know, and, and that's that's why I made my comment a moment ago. The song doesn't sound very good to me. It's it's the uh, South Tacoma Way. You, you thought, thought it was it, South Tacoma Way. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought that's the song we were talking about a moment ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that which is. is completely legit that you would think that was what we're talking about because sure. that's the title it's Tacoma, Tacoma, and then yeah. the song is, but it's not. That's not fair. Uh, <laughs> to write her a letter, dear Ms. Case, you've misnamed personal your hero, most amazing woman singer I've ever heard. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Back in two thousand, are you sure you named that correctly? <laughs> yeah. we, we'd like to have you rethink. Sincerely that. yours. People that don't matter um, to you. If, if I could drag <laughs> us back one more time to the Virginian before we go too far into other albums, I wanted to point out. Well, I think one of the things that I I do like about that style of country. It, it tends toward this like dark Appalachian kind of feel to it. Mm. And there's always like a bit of darkness to her mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and, For sure. and even there, I mean, even like it's got the most covers of any of her albums, I think, but she's chosen really? very. Oh, 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 particularly. sorry. I thought you meant other people covering her. I'm like, really? But no, That's no, so no. Interesting. Yeah, no. Uh, but she, she, she tinges everything with the, the music. I mean, she works, she's got a, uh, as her, as they're called her boyfriends, you know, like mm-hmm. Nico Case and her Which boyfriends. is a kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it didn't age. 
Super as well. well. I think it sounded more clever at the time or yeah. something. But, yeah. Well, one thing uh, throughout all of her albums is she surrounds herself with really great musicians and they're like rock solid. Mm. Like, and, and just everything sounds super competently played, you know, and, and I don't mean that to sound as like sterile as it might come off, but, uh, but I mean, they're just great musicians. And, and so everything just works on that kind of level. It's just tight and it's a great, again, um, it's a great record. Like if that's the only thing she yeah. ever made, we could talk about it happily yeah, sure. for a while. Yeah. But then, I don't know if Eric would just listen to but it. But then she got so much better. Yeah, right, right. Her, she got so much, her depth just. Right, mm, yeah, better, I guess, is yeah. a really like uh, judgmental kind of way to describe it, but got sure. way more yeah. complex, I guess. Yeah. 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 Now let's, let's move on to the, the next uh, Furnish Room Lullaby, which you found still We're a little skipping too country. Black it was still no. a little country. Oh, Furnish Room Lullaby is two? Is next, yeah. Oh, Number two is Furnish Room. That came out in 2000. So there's a three-year gap. That's one thing I noticed. That her album, um, her albums did not come out that regularly. I had sort of forgotten. It's, it's like three to four-year gaps between between records frequently. This is, um, this is interesting. The first song on it set out running. The opening... Oh, uh, yeah verse of that song is is a lot it ends with her saying i i i just can't shake this feeling that i'm nothing in your eyes mm-hmm. which is a well, really and it and it that's the end of the verse and it's belted so yeah. it's it's strong yeah, but it I but know, that's I a know. really like vulnerable thing I love, to, I love that lyric. to to yell out at you at the beginning of her second solo record <laughs> to lead to lead the record with yeah that. it's, a, it's a lot of vulnerability that's there. a choice but, but she she open leaves herself open to being emotionally vulnerable, but mm-hmm. at the same time, she seems so mm-hmm. like in control at, of things. Like maybe I'm naive, but I see one of the the biggest strengths of her entire catalog is the honesty, mm-hmm. which right. includes good and bad, right? Exactly, yeah. Which is yeah. what's incredible about it that she's so open and so strong and so completely. And it's there. consistent through all. It's of consistent, music, yeah. 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 And combined with the way she sings, the raw kind of. Mm-hmm. style of her singing right, she's is honest. incredibly powerful. She's honest in that way, too. Her, yeah. her vocals and her lyrics and her vocals. And well, you were alluding to that earlier. You know, you didn't use the word, but genuine is what I was coming mm-hmm. up with. You know, mm-hmm. Her music is like that. Yeah. In certain songs, you actually can even hear her go off key a bit sometimes, and, and mm-hmm. she leaves it. She doesn't mm-hmm. try to like go back and fix it. She doesn't re-record that part, and and I like that. I, I, I like that it's not all like perfectly polished. Every now and then I'd hear that, and I just figured she did it on purpose. Right. I mean, you... you could think that, but I, I don't think she's got so. I mean, like circling back around to her voice because mm-hmm. I just feel like this. We could talk about her voice yeah. alone yeah. for hours. Yeah. And, and yeah. music critics, like anytime you read anything about her, they always start out by like her voice, voice, that like thing that's coming from the moon, that like thing. It's there's always this incredibly poetic, yeah. like yeah. embarrassingly poetic from the like <laughs> music critic writing perspective. Like you shouldn't talk like that. Like even though that's your job, like that's really, it's really squishy. Um, but yet, like she started out playing in punk bands, playing drums. Right, yeah. And she wasn't a singer. She has the kind of voice that you would think that she took vocal lessons or that she won Star Searcher. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like the kind of thing that from the time she's opened her mouth, people around her would have been like, (gasps) what are you doing? Keep singing. But, But it sounds like from the reality of her life, that's not what happened. And it could be because her parents were from her she it tells this that they were not good parents so mm-hmm. it's possible that just in her younger years maybe she had this but mm-hmm. she wasn't in a setting that anybody said hey she wasn't encouraged she wasn't paid know. attention yeah, to yeah. even yeah. i think there was more that like not that she wasn't right. encouraged but that 
I think her parents like had drug addiction issues and her grandmother mostly raised her or she was closer to her. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, it just like, so when was the time when she opened her mouth and did a thing around people that they were like, hold up, Whoa. you're about to break <laughs> well, I did. heart. I, I was searching out some of her punk band stuff, mm. uh, you know, and they're kind of a little poppy punk from what I could tell. And, mm. and I, I could only find two songs actually. And one of them, she was the singer mm. and she sounded great. I mean, it wasn't quite, you know, Solo, Polished. solo Nico, great, but yeah. it was still clearly a very strong voice. But then there was another song where it was this other one of the other members of the band, and she just had this very kind of flat, punkish kind of like not. Well, yeah, there's that, that raw, singing yeah. style, right? And uh, it just surprised me that like, they didn't just completely go with her mm-hmm. as the singer. Well, that's you know? when I, I try to listen to the new <laughs> Pornographers, which is the band yeah. that she'll that's pretty famous and done yeah. a lot of good yeah. things. And I tried to listen to it, and they she's a backup vocalist. Well, I, I wouldn't what? quite put it that way. I mean, she she takes the lead. That on a lot dude of stuff. that sings, please, he's got <laughs> nothing on her voice, and that just. But I is think that's nonsense. not the point of the new pornographers. I Whatever mean, they are a. I Why is that guy singing? That's all I have to Carl say. Carl Newman's amazing. So, She's standing next so. to him. Nico Case is standing next to you, and you're like, "Step aside, sister. I've got to." Sure, no, sure. who says that? But that's what her solo career is for. And, and, oh, for being as awesome as she's capable of being. That's what her solo career is they're for. They're coming together nice. to do songs as a group. Yeah, singing together in different combinations. Just There's that. one guy in that group. Uh, the other guy, Dan. Um, whatever his name is. Uh, he's got the really weird voice and I, it bugs me when he ever, whenever he sings, but yeah. he's not. The, well, the you know, the Beatles about. let Ringo have a song on every Right, album, exactly. So yeah, yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. But still, yeah. any band that like she's part of and singing, sure, that, you, that you, someone is the, the balls to be like, shh, uh, you sing, I, we'll turn your volume down halfway, honey. Don't worry about it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take this one. <laughs> I think she's just incredibly well in that band. I mean, I, I think that her, as a backup singer, if you want to call it that, uh, she works fantastic. Yeah. She I'm adds... sure Aretha Franklin would have been a great backup singer, too. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> hey, not everybody can have this, the limelight all the time. So. It's not about, like, limelight. It's just, like, instrument. Yeah. If you have, like, a Stradivarius that's worth, like, 10 grand and sounds better than any violin ever made, and you've you got someone use it all the time, right? with so. a cheap violin next to it, why would you mic on the cheap one? And then just be like, this is very, so we're just going to turn it down. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. It's just my opinion. Okay. Yes. <sighs> so, uh, on Furniture and Lullaby, mm-hmm. uh, did you find anything uh, in particular? Oh, that so was... many songs that I loved. Yeah. Twist the Knife is an amazing song because each verse opens with like two words together, two adverbs together that have mm. these beautiful amount of syllables and she like at the way she sings it, it sounds like a knife twisting. So the first verse, the two words are tenderly, tenderly. And then it goes tearfully, joyfully, carefully, quietly, cowardly, thoughtlessly. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's not a, going in a good direction. Yeah. yeah. But it's beautiful That's that every verse starts like that differently. Cause they're right. sung. If you, blurred your ears while you were listening to it you would think it was the same words mm. each time but well it's interesting because I, I think you're really catching on to the poetry in her in mm. her mm-hmm. writing and funny thing is it's almost easy to miss it because mm. she doesn't sing like a poet <laughs> she no you know when you think of singing poets i think of like leonard cohen who right. sings like a poet if you ask me but you know or bob dylan or bob dylan mm-hmm. yeah i mean right it's like their vocals are poetry yeah right right, exactly even tom Waits sometimes because he has so many spoken word pieces on his songs but for her i mean the combination of the beauty of her vocals 
and that poetry. I mean, it's sometimes easy to overlook it, I think. And then there's um, No Need to Cry is a good one on that record I liked a lot, which sounds like a dance song from a 1950s prom. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I, my, my note for that one was that she, she proves she can, she can do torch ballads like, perfectly. Super, yeah. It's just, but it's almost an anomaly on that album in a way because it, it completely changes the, the tone of the album for... Yeah, because it's it's a little like it's almost a little cheesy and a little basic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but again, it's like a beautiful, well, beautiful, a perfect little, little love little song. Of, no need of. to cry. Yeah, it starts out. See if you agree, Eric. How old is she when she's recording these? Oh, good question. I love that drum on the or that whisk on the drum. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite. I think she was close to thirty. Super David Lynch. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. like a perfect wedding dance song, right? It's very dancey because it has that kind of. Is it a yeah, waltz slowly. rhythm? What is that? Like a really strong, just back and forth, even rhythm the whole way through. Yeah, the waltz is one, two, three, one, two. Yeah, so it's not a waltz, but it's like another. She does that a lot. She uses like very traditional song structures. Right. Yeah, and and her her singing there is very different than her. It's that more breathy. She does it. Perfectly. I mean, it's just she really nails that old time. Yeah, old time. I like. Yeah. There's a lot of her songs that I really enjoy where she holds back, right? Instead of belting or yeah. like, like doing beautiful, really surprising melodies, where yeah. she just like, you can feel it. It's like she's using a third of her voice. Mm. Well, I, that brings up something I, I wrote down here is that she's really good at combining like this ethereal thing and then suddenly belting mm. it out all mm-hmm. in the same song. Yeah. You know, and there's one song in particular where it's not just her singing. There's a there's a another uh, as a backup singer named Kelly Hogan. Kelly Hogan, yeah. yeah, she did. Um, she recorded on some Andrew Bird records. Oh, and she's also on the new Pornographers, uh, a couple albums. Yeah, where she was... Nico couldn't be available for that. Or... Yeah. And they were like, "We'll just replace you. Your voice isn't that special." Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> They're an amazing band, and I wish you whatever. Just... <laughs> wish I wouldn't. What? Like, are they listening? Bad right? about them. <laughs> You're so sensitive. On behalf of your best buds, the new Pornographers. Yeah, it's not my fault that they can't appreciate what's right in front of them. <laughs> So the song I was thinking of is Porch Light, uh, which has it, it, it starts out very differently. But... Yeah, this is creepy. One yeah, of the creepy it is. Ones. Yeah. Great, kind of Appalachian, kind of like. Mm. Yeah. This is like the start of a vampire TV show. Oh.
is really nice on them. Yeah. I, that's the thing. It starts out, and you're like, oh, it's going to be this thing. And then she starts singing, like, and you're just like, bam. Yeah. I oh, am. Yeah. That's like a, that sounded not like a worthy. spiritual. Yeah, yeah. Like a hymn. It, well, right. It's like, I call it ethereal. Yes. But that's, I guess, totally what ethereal. Saying. Yeah. It's just like Same thing. angelic. Mm-hmm. And then what? Like in, the, the porch light is so far away. Yeah. yeah. That's disturbing. Yeah. Why does it? What? Why are you worried about that? <laughs> like you're not having a nice stroll in the moonlight. No, like yeah. oh, the porch light. No, you're like oh yeah. god. If I don't get yeah. home, something. What? <laughs> well, this might be a good time to bring up the fact that this is the first of two consecutive album covers where she appears dead on the album cover. Um, hmm. Yeah. Good point. I, I'm. She seems to have this fascination with. Looking dead, I don't know. Yeah, but then uh, later, <laughs> one of the record covers, she's on the, she's the standing the on the hood yeah. of a white muscle car, like a Chevy Nova or some kind of Dodge, like badass something, and like she's like fighting. in a, like a hot cocktail dress in heels and one foot, like one knee up and one foot yeah. on the hood, and she's got a fucking long ass sword in her hands <laughs> and her hair is like streaming. My God, I know, uh, like. Most amazing. Hood I should have examined those album covers. A yeah, little more well, it's like the most powerful image. That's, that's the. So that's the furnace room all by. She looks like she she's lying on a concrete looks like floor. She's dead. But her she's eyes are wearing open. she's wearing a super boss leather jacket. Oh yeah, her yeah. hair looks amazing. Her hair looks fantastic. So like super David Lynch, yeah, right? Where yeah. like cor- beautiful corpse. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. That was his thing. Like he that shot of Laura Palmer wrapped in and plastic then, with the glitter on her face is like right. one of the most beautiful things ever, and she's dead. Beautiful and disturbing. Here and here's the other one. It's almost as though she got hit by a car. Mm. I'm not sure you get run over by the van, or she was dumped out of the van by people who hmm. nefarious <laughs> people who, who meant her who ill. Maybe meant her ill, exactly. It's it's kind of odd. I don't I don't quite know what the symbolism is there, but um, and then put, pull goes. up the one where she's on the hood of the car. Which oh, album okay. is that? We yeah, we're just, not going to talk middle, about middle that. Middle cyclone. Yeah. Middle cyclone. That's right. Which was not one we listened to. But here, Eric. Yeah. Oh, it's not oh, a white car. Oh, it's a white background. Oh, you're right. My bad. It's a red car. Is her dress blue? Did uh, I get that right? It's dark. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a dark blue. And she has red black. hair, yeah? Yes. And she has heels on? Yes. And a long sword? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so I got those things mm-hmm. right. Yep. But it's pretty amazing. And it's like a, I don't know if it's a Dodge Charger or Ford Mustang. It's a, I don't know. it's a muscle car. It's a muscle car. It's a sexy ass yeah. muscle car. Yeah, exactly. I think it's called the Dodge Badass. That's what I said. Do you like, uh, did you, uh, I know you're a fan of. Check it out. I'm going to. Of, of what? That record. No, actually, no, what I was going to ask you is the. Uh, the font treatment, the the lettering, the typography. Typography. Dude, sorry. The yes, ah. uh, that was the word I was looking for. Um, so when did this one come out? Uh, two thousand eight, nine, ten. Two thousand nine. Something like that. Uh, so sure that exactly. like hand done typography was more nineties, but the but no, this is two thousands. This looks like some Beck stuff mm-hmm. that he was doing. Like graphic yeah. design got it was like. Super broken in the 90s and everything got very grunge. Chop up all mm. the letter forms, make it look weird. And mm. then backlash, the pendulum swung the other way and everything got very neat and clean and minimal and methodical. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 And then 2000s, it swung back the other way and some of that stuff started to happen, but better. Because it wasn't just like chopped up and all over the place. Mm-hmm. It was like more thoughtfully done. So yeah, I'm behind that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my conclusion. <laughs> um. So, was there anything else uh, about Furnace Room Mobile? Um, I mean, we've never met his beautiful song, Oh My Darling, Oh, oh My Darling. Yes, How actually, can you forget? That, that's one of my favorites. I think that's one of the most Now beautiful. it's like we never met. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a great one. That's, that's 
co-written with Ron Sexsmith. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's, he, he, he was often compared to, uh, or he's still around, but I mean, often compared to Elvis Costello for Super Elvis Costello. I mean, there, yeah. I feel like there's a good Elvis Costello vibe to a lot of her stuff in <laughs> that her lyrics are also as poetic as they are. They're mm-hmm. also very, like, slice of life, much like Ray Davies. Yeah. yeah right? Like, yeah, yeah. just little tiny details that mm-hmm. are incredibly poignant and gritty to and like anyone in real life these, yeah. Well, yeah but she talks about too in that same interview from vox i think about um how she's really conscientious of the details she includes in her songs like the technical details like she doesn't talk about internet she doesn't talk about cell phones like she doesn't want mm. to include any point, technological yeah. details like that that date it too much like mm. she tries to leave it a little more general like so she'll say tv phone Mm-hmm. Which works, right? Like, right. it doesn't sound anachronistic, but it doesn't yeah. date it as much. Which makes me think of Wes Anderson in that mm-hmm. there's a very carefully crafted world that we're mm-hmm. being presented with. That she is... World building. She's very preciously and carefully picking these details that she puts in mm-hmm. to give a, a very specific effect when you hear it. Yeah. It, it just makes her songs more timeless. and, and, mm. and True. You know, and... and I don't know if she had that particularly in mind when she no, recorded. No, I think she like, did. She like, says that. I want my songs to be she timeless. She said that, oh, yeah. Oh, so, no, yeah. Not I want my songs to be timeless, but I don't want a time period to stop you right. from having right. a, a feeling when you're listening to it. So, yes. Yeah. Saying so, that, yeah, sense, I want to be timeless. kind of what she's saying, but, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, on those words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing to be cognizant of as she's mm-hmm. picking her lyrics. Yeah. 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 True. Uh, I also wanted to point out the uh, the singing on the title track, mm-hmm. Furnace Room Lullaby. Which, the yodel at the beginning of it, which has some pretty amazing. So country. I, I think it's just uh, it's some of her. I guess I use the word masterful here, but yeah. On a horseback, on horseback, (laughs) and it's dusty. And the horizon is bleak. So one of the things I find really powerful about her is that she uses musical instruments much like George Lucas used physical props in his films and which is why the original Star Wars trilogy is still looks great and mm-hmm. feels real is that they would spend hours and hours and hours in manpower constructing a set and show it in the film for three seconds. Mm. Like in that song, there was a trumpet in there. Yes. And I, it came yeah. in just this, the barest 
the barest mm-hmm. little tiny bit, and then it went away. Yeah, and then it went away, and there was never there again. Which I'm not even sure I knew that of it. The, being right. but you the, meant, the yeah. balls to do that, yeah. to yeah. bring a musician into the studio, and to that. be like, just make this, just, and then bury it in the mix. Yeah. Like, it's, but then it becomes mm-hmm. this other thing. Right. Because you don't stop. I mean, we're listening really closely right now, but like, if you're just listening to it, you don't think. Mm-hmm. Wait, was that a trumpet? Where'd it go? And it, just, it does evoke its own little touch yeah, to, to just the, a little, the atmosphere yeah, just of the a song. Little, yeah. Just yeah. so... Oh, that's... Really nice. just nice a, I, I also thought uh, stamp, the, the part we sampled there was uh, she turned chest into a two-syllable word. Did you notice that? She did that chest. 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 Well, she's also saying heart. She's saying hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's not saying you like your heart. She's like hard, like, <laughs> but and lets it, her sing it differently. Right? How she pronounces it yeah. depends on the song. Yeah, that's that's part of why I had a hard time listening to her because there was uh, at least this album. The oh, the greatest, earlier ones. It had that country twang to it. Mm. You know, it does. It sure does. And she would do that. Do she would do that actually quite a lot with uh, single syllable words would be two and three syllables. Mm. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I, I guess I, the Brits do that too. You know, I I, I can understand your your aversion to the the twang and everything but like hearing that twang in a in a maybe more stereotypically country setting like i want to say loretta lynn but she's amazing too i mean like mm-hmm. there, there's just a lot of uh there's a lot of country music that uses that twang in the service of really lame songs you know and and yeah it's somehow, a trope it's a trope of yeah, country music yeah. right like pronouncing words that way like making them the mm-hmm. r's more right. more warm and more like Home yeah, tap, exactly. And you know, I, like round. And I don't round. know. I don't know how much. Uh, clearly, she can sing without it too. I mean, she does mm-hmm. both. You know, she so. drops it in her later. Like right, I feel yeah. like you can hear a progression of it for these Absolutely. for these first three records. It gets kind of less and less. Mm-hmm. And I, I think she's using it more to serve the story that's in the song because if it's about something dark and you know or just country country Appalachian or rural maybe rural, is yeah rural yeah because there's actually. always that's rural. What, that's what I'm trying to get to yeah. yeah. And I think it helps, like, set the scene in a way. You know, it's 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 not just I'm doing this because my country fans will like it. You know, it's more mm-hmm. because does she it, have it works fans? for the song. No, I'm, I know. I, I <laughs> no, I'm curious. No, she probably I'm sorry, does. I didn't mean to turn, but like, did she? I don't know. She. I mean, she's she's always been sort of alt country, as they say. And I she hates. I don't that. know how much. Well, yeah, yeah. But, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's an NPR interview. Or I think most and she just most hate, groups like, or acts or groups of all country hate it too. Like Wilco, uh, Jeff Tweedy hates it. Yeah. And you know, and he well he because and Uncle Tupelo. Right. So what I think that, it comes know. from is that that label doesn't come from people listening like us listening to it. That label comes from the country music industry because she made a video for maybe Timber on her on the Virginian, yeah. one of her early so- albums. Video, she yeah. No, she made a video and Country Music Channel wouldn't play it because they said it was too dark. <laughs> so like early on, I think that, so that, that dislike of that term, because I think that term just comes from the country music, the Nashville mm-hmm. machine, that country music industry of like, you're not country enough because she said in the same interview that the country music tends to be very prescriptive. There, there's this weird gatekeeping about it that it's like a certain type of thing. It's a type of music. It's a type of vocals. It's a type of behavior. And if you stand outside of that, then you're not that. You become an right. alt that. But from all their perspectives, Jeff Tweedy and her yeah, yeah. and all these like amazing musicians that made country music, they get like kicked out of the right. fucking family yeah. because they don't... Where was I going with this? Uh- <laughs> That we're going to talk about Fox Confessor yes. Rings the Flood. Oh, That's where you're well, going with no, it. Then, that would be skipping oh, the whole album, actually. So. <laughs> Blacklist? Yes, it's oh, Blacklisted. Blacklisted. So, Blacklisted. 
this the first time I listened to this, I could immediately tell the difference between mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the first two records and this record. Yep. Mm. So much so, you know, I was already in, right? Like I listened to the first two and I was like, this woman knows her business. Like there's amazing things happening here. Maybe I don't want to listen to this record all the time, but like this is talent. This is mm-hmm. real. Yeah. And it's then, only two years after Furniture and Lullaby too. Crazy. Yes, 2002. But then this one started and I was like, oh shit, mm-hmm. she's onto something else now. You know, it still had that country sound to me, but... Totally. Her her vocals in this very the song that we were just listening to mm. is really wonderful. And I was, mm-hmm. even though it did have that country sound to it, I still wanted to hear more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very yeah. nice. The songs start to change. Like, instead of, like, high school dance love song, we've got Lady Pilot. Mm-hmm. It's like, what even is happening? <laughs> you know? Like, we've got a Lady Pilot. She's not afraid to die. She's going in emotional directions that are just as poignant, but way weirdly more niche, you know, mm-hmm. more, a lot sharper instead of this, like, I loved you, you left me, you know, look what's happening to me when you're off loving someone else. Now it's like, I'm in a plane and a woman's flying and what does that mean? And she's a badass and it's not important, but it's really happening. Yeah. She's clearly expanding <clears throat> her subject material to, uh, I wouldn't call it more universal by any means. It's more specific almost, but. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm pulling out the, some subtle, like things in her life that are poignant to her, to use your mm-hmm. word, and, mm-hmm. and singing about that as opposed to some more general sort mm-hmm. of concept. Yeah. Can you play the beginning of that Lady Pilot? That, yeah. There, there's something uh, about that, the beginning of that song, the acoustics, and that remind me of another song. Perhaps you guys can pick okay. it out. Well, it's like Braunmeier's Stomp by Led Zeppelin. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. But and his little Led Zeppelin three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you guys know it. Sarah knows it. Yeah. Said it again, aeroplanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She likes that. So it's a creepy song still. Yeah. Always. Aeroplanes weren't built to fly down, down, down. That's disturbing. <laughs> Don't look down. Dark it's not like a, we're flying in the sky and everything's great. <laughs> we're drinking cocktails in the sky. Actually, now you mentioned or mentioned the Led Zeppelin connection there. Just suddenly picturing her like singing some of Led Zeppelin songs would be amazing. Yeah, I would pay a lot of money to hear that. Hell yeah! Yeah, that'd be that'd be. So I'll put that in the <laughs> for the letter we're writing to her. Yeah, yes. right, dear Ms. Case. Please do a Led Zeppelin cover. Please, album. please, <laughs> please be Robert Plant, but better. Because <laughs> you could do that. She um. Start a letter writing campaign. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's really effective. For whatever it's worth, this is her first album uh, where she didn't have her boyfriends as the the credit uh, this album credited to it. It was just Nico Case. So I, I don't know if that ties into some change in direction with the lyrics or the music just gets more sophisticated. I think mm-hmm. maybe or the songs in general. I think to some degree, but and she and um, she lost a lot but, of the twang. I think it still surfaces sometimes, but mm-hmm. maybe it's less. She lost a lot of it, though. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. 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 
Mm-hmm. It's way mm-hmm. less noticeable. It's way less of a like mm-hmm. major component of her singing. Right. I think one of my favorites on here. Uh, I love Deep Red Bell. Mm. Yeah, me too. Something about Such that a is really haunting. Like, mm-hmm. Haunting is it popped up a lot in my head when I was listening to her. <laughs> mm-hmm. This album in particular, I think, and, and like you know, there's that whole David Lynch thing, mm-hmm. which has sort of been present in the other so ones let's too. Take but a, let's take let's, a quick. Let's uh, before you play it. Okay. I want to take a quick moment because oh. we keep referencing David Lynch. So mm-hmm. what does that mean in context of her songs? <laughs> let's nail that down for just yeah. a second here, because I've got some ideas. The tenets that I see in his work that are represented by her music is the creepiness. There's always like a little bit of a creepy edge. It's unsettling and it's haunting. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable. It's not safe. And it's also sultry and very feminine and very sexy. Do you have any imagery that comes to your mind? When yeah, you're... I mean, I think of like a like she has red hair. I think of a woman with red hair and a pencil skirt and red lipstick. Like it's very feminine. Mm-hmm. It's very sexy, but it's not. It's not like revealing, and it's not. It's sophisticated and it's mysterious. It's like a cigarette. It's like, you know, her hair is covering part of her face. Like a film noir, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. bombshell kind yeah. of effect. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's all those elements, and then also, there's um, an absurdity and a surrealism to it. Mm-hmm. where the words don't always connect to each other perfectly and the imagery doesn't always connect. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the David Lynch aspect of her yeah. work. <laughs> well, and, and I think it's also that element of like revealing the dark under underbelly, mm-hmm. the underside mm-hmm. of things, you know, yeah. it's like lifting up rocks and finding the creepy crawly things. I mean, it ties in what you're saying about creepiness. You know, or like but, the back alley of the main street. Yeah, yeah. And you know, David Lynch just loves doing that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And you know, Well, like his, his, uh, his movie, Blue Velvet, you know, it's definitely a great tie-in to her kind of stuff. You know, and Twin Peaks, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, as we said, the theme music for that alone, you know. Which I think is an interesting, like, reflection byproduct of what we were discussing off mic earlier about the satanic panic of the 80s. Like, this is kind of maybe a next step from that where it's not like a cult overt, like, imagery, but it's a creepiness that is seen beyond mainstream life. Mm-hmm. The idea that you look around and you see like picket fences and safety and and two point five kids, right. but the reality is that behind that there's right. all kind of exactly. dysfunction and unhappiness and misery. Does, does that tie into the rawness we were talking about? Yeah, earlier, I think Bryce? so too. Really? The honesty and the rawness. Yeah. Yeah. So much. So so much of life is a facade, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and she's just trying to peel back the layers and or just acknowledging that it's always there. Right. Yeah. Because so yeah. many of her songs have a, like a yeah. verse that's beautiful and sweet. And then the next verse is like, my true love drown in an oil pan. Is <laughs> <laughs> that natural lyric or did you just go that's that an one? That's an actual lyric. Okay, okay, okay. We'll talk about that. <laughs> that's in the next record. Uh, well, let's, let's play a little bit of Deep Red Bells because I, I uh, think that has that, truly has that haunting. The guitar there is really nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to you about that in just one moment too. Bells beckon you to run. A handprint on the 
just just yeah. killer. Oh, I love that. She goes so deep into her lungs in this song, just like, like reaching way down in there. Well, it matches that bass guitar in the background. Yeah, I love that. It oh tastes God. like being tastes, poor and... It looks a lot like engine oil yeah, yeah. and tastes like being poor and small. And popsicles wow. in and summer. popsicles <laughs> in summer. It's like right there is that just that the weirdness and then the, oh, popsicles, you know. Like, <laughs> in summer, which yeah. we all know what in that summer, feels right, like. Right. You're sticky and it's yeah. hot and you're happy. But tasting like being poor and small is yeah. not as happy. But so simple and so real. Yeah. And just those like, Fewer than 10 words, she's gotten across all these emotions mm-hmm. and feelings, and just, she's so good. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> this entire recording um, is just me trying to restrain myself yes. from screaming, she's amazing she's the whole amazing. time. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be really chill. It's verses like that that really captured me, I think, uh, mm. on this album. Um, I really liked Look For Me. That's another one of the Angelo Badalamenti, like, oh. straight up, like, sultry. One of the ones where she's holding back the whole time, and I love it. The story of this song is like she's singing to some ostensibly to someone she cares about, she's into, and it's like, you do whatever, I'll be here, I'll be around. Mm-hmm. And you just picture this woman in the corner, again, with the red hair and the or whatever, and the like red lipstick, and she's just smoking slowly. Right. And some guys like hanging out with a bunch of people and like ostensibly having fun, but they all suck, and he just has to figure that out, and then he figures that out, and she's still there the whole time. Just, like, <laughs> I'll be around. Th- that one uh, is a cover. Uh, mm. It was done originally by Sarah Vaughn in the 50s. Oh, and wow. It's an amazing, yeah. And it doesn't have that, uh, I mean, it's it's it's, a, it's an amazing recording itself, but it's just very different. Like, her, her, her take on it is much uh, smoother, kind of, it doesn't have the the twist that Nico Case Gives right. It, you well, because like, Nico Case, that also feels she, like the crowd he's hanging out with, they're doing a lot of coke or something. Right. You know, like it's not <laughs> exactly. a healthy yeah. environment. Yeah, yeah. It's a great song uh, in both versions. But mm-hmm. uh, let's, why don't we play a little bit of that? That's so uh, cool that it's a Sarah Vaughan song. I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, this is so. Mm-hmm. It's so atmospheric, so, right? Yeah. yeah. You're like in a diner. This could have been the theme music to yeah. Twin Peaks. You on know, the I mean, side of the road yeah. in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Right. The guitar is so awesome. Mm. Just this, the, from a, a woman's perspective, this whole concept that she cares about someone enough to sing this song about them, right? This is her person. And he's like, from what the way she's singing this song and describing it, he said to her, like, I'm not interested in you. I don't want to be with you. Right. And she's like, fine, I'll be around. <laughs> don't worry. Go. Yeah. When you're tired of those new people you're when hanging you out with. you realize you need me. I'll yeah. still be here. Like, it's this incredible position yeah. of power mm-hmm. 
despite by, being but despite de- being ostensibly rejected or just, dumped yeah, exactly, right that this yeah. is a perspective of like okay yeah i'm not even like i still care about you. like i'm still way into you yeah, yeah. but there's no apology or weakness or desperation or, or vulnerability even hmm. in it she's just like all right i'll be right here and there's like five verses yeah, of it yeah, of different yeah. things she says that when you're doing this thing it's fine i'll be <laughs> around when you get tired of that I know you'll be back. Yeah, I know you'll be back. She's not even worried about it. She doesn't even care. But she totally cares, but she totally doesn't. Like, I want to make Nico Case this, like, blazon of, of female power, of mm. this voice, this female powerful voice that she writes from women's perspective and sings as a woman. But honestly, I feel like that detracts from how amazing a songwriter and, and, and singer and everything she is performer, the whole thing, because she's not an amazing female singer. She's just a fucking amazing singer. Mm -hmm. She's an amazing songwriter. There's no qualification. There's no, like she should be in the, the women's country section. No, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. bullshit. She Mm -hmm. just, she's as good as Johnny Cash. She's as good as like, it's not even about, the fact that she's a woman, even though she writes so much from, from these fucking female perspectives that no one ever writes about, mm-hmm. that aren't just like, I'm in love and I sing about I'm being in love. <laughs> like, she just, she's on the hood of a car with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a fetish. She's not a feminine fetish. She's not a feminist fetish. Right, right. She does, yeah, she, she doesn't fall clearly in any one group, you know, any, any one category of... of feminist or non-feminist she's just no. she's doing whatever the, the, the hell she wants and singing and playing say, music yeah, and being exactly. amazing yeah. well, i appreciate you saying that because i'm probably in that camp that would have you know just knowing that that she her music is really good like i certainly uh, am very fond of her music mm. coming from a woman's perspective hearing mm. you say that it, it makes me more aware of the possibility that people would look at it that way I mean, I, we had we had one of our podcasts uh, a while back when I made some some sexist reference. I didn't realize <laughs> that no. that I had said that, yeah. but that you pointed it out really made a difference. And that you say that right now, I mean, I was really helpful. I think I do the same thing though because I'm part of the same social structure you guys are. You know what I mean? Like I say the same mm-hmm. shit, and I have to think about it later and be like, oh wait, what mm-hmm. was I? Because mm-hmm. I was and the reason I brought this up was because I was talking to someone about it recently, and I was like, oh, I have a new lady hero. Nico Case, she's mm. amazing. And then oh, I, yeah. I was thinking about it in retrospect, and I was like, "That, what the fuck is that? Like, lady hero? Well, like, she's, hero. she's yeah. only exactly yeah. like she's yeah. only a hero in the lady mm-hmm. category? Right. Like, what the fuck right. is that? No, you're right. Like, right. and so it's it's um, you know, yeah. and I I watched a documentary about Joan Jett recently, and when she started being in the public eye as a singer, as part of uh, the Runaways, mm-hmm. they got so much shit. All of the public like interviews with them and and focus on them was like the fact that they were girls playing rock and roll music and punk music we hear it now and we're like whatever it's not that big a deal no like it it was constant like are you involved with the other girls in the band do you have a boyfriend what's the deal and it was just like if i were john lennon these would not be the questions Mm -hmm. you'd be asking me you'd be asking me what about the fucking song that i wrote that's badass and it's right. it's still in there it happens to this day and i I do it I, I, i totally am part of that whole structure Right. Well, yeah, as you said, I think it's just a societal thing that totally. just mm-hmm. is embedded in all of us to well, some degree. And, and and Nico Case talks about that because I, I imagine that she gets a lot of that in her interviews mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, you're this feminist icon. And she 
has a lot of feelings and thoughts about women being made enemy in society. Mm -hmm. Why did so much of society somehow be built around the idea that women are an enemy and have to be like controlled within the society? Well, in fact, this might be a good, interesting point Mm. to bring up. It's right after this album came out, she was voted... 2003, voted Sexiest Babe of Indie Rock. Oh, no. Uh, In a a, a Playboy poll. (gasps) Yeah. Uh, She got like 30-something percent of the vote. She she did not care for that very much. She she talked about it a little bit right after it happened and just said, you know, uh, oh, they, in fact, they even uh, invited her to pose in Playboy, and she declined, naturally. Wow. And she said, you know, I I can only imagine, you know, somebody seeing, if I had posed, uh, seeing that, thinking, oh, here's this hot woman who happens to sing, and, like, everything right. I've done before this yeah. is suddenly, like, negated. Subservient and, to that. And so she, she made those comments, and then after that, she refused to answer questions about it completely. So, um, well, she, yeah, and, and, and it's the same way she referred to, like, in her latest record, getting interviewed about it, and someone was like, oh, it's very political. And she's like, I yeah, it is, but I'm also not mentioning Trump because I just refuse to even acknowledge mm-hmm. that he exists. He's right. a blip on our history. Yeah. I, I feel like there's that same big picture right. approach to right. things where she's like, I'm not going to give that thing strength by like wallowing yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It happened. Yeah. I don't like it, but whatever. I'm just going to relegate it to the, the minutia that it should be. Maybe address the things around that in, mm-hmm. in her way, but not... And how they affect normal people, right. like exactly. everyday yeah. people. Right. And, and really, I mean, a song like the Midnight Honolulu song <sighs> is, is part of that kind of thing. I mean, it's... yeah. It's just everything trickles down to our level from wherever else. Eric, did you have uh, some... Uh, you, you said you were telling me you... Uh, what was the song you said you liked a lot? Uh, uh, Running Out of Running Fools. Out of Fools. Yeah, that, mm. uh, and I have a note here. It's, it's one of the songs that reminded me so much of Patsy Cline. And, and Dave here just tells me it, uh, with the... It's, it's an Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin, Franklin. Yeah. 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 Which I loved it, too, because I yeah. love Aretha Franklin. And, yeah. You know, it says a lot, I think, that Nico can do covers of... Uh, sung by Aretha Franklin and Sarah Vaughan mm. and completely hold her own. I mean, you know, right? I, I listened to all the both mm. versions of both of those songs and... And I, I love Sarah Vaughan and Aretha mm. Franklin, but I couldn't decide which ones I like better. I mean, I, yeah. and, why? And I, you don't have yeah, to. Right, you don't have to. It's a beautiful but, I mean, world where they all yeah, exist. Exactly. But Nico Case can hold her own against those mm-hmm. that level of yeah. performer, and that's just that says an awful lot of just how good she is. Yeah, it yeah. stands alone by itself, just her singing it. But and when you mentioned that it was Aretha Franklin, right. I, I automatically remembered hearing Aretha Franklin right. sing it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. still, the Nico Case's rendition of it yeah. could be its own thing. It is its own thing. Yeah. Right, I mean, and the things she covers sort of become her own songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could easily, like you were saying, the Sarah Vaughan song, mm. aren't her lyrics, but she sang them. If she had written it, it certainly would have been no surprise. It would have been no surprise at all mm. that she had. Right. Maybe she's just really good at choosing covers that fit in well with her. Thing. If, you, if you don't mind, let's hear a little bit of that. Mm, Run yes, out of fools. Sure. Golly, man, it's such a good mm-hmm. tune. Like that instrumentation is so nothing like Aretha Franklin. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's that, <laughs> so it's that 50s David Lynch kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, Angelo Badalamenti, which yeah. like he built these songs that have this deep sound in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deep soundscapes. Lots yeah. of echo. Got some notes in here, but golly. Yeah. 
that's remarkable. lungs she must have i know i i just i was just thinking man if i had a voice like that i'd, I'd just mm. be singing all the time <laughs> i'd make a living at that time. i'd make a living i'd be a singer <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah no that's that's amazing and she just takes any song and and makes it i almost want to say she improves it but i i hate to say that about no, somebody you can't. Rita Franklin. About that i know i know she's I know. a soul no exactly and i talk I, shit about her <laughs> That was hardly talking shit. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Respect the Pantheon. I do. I do. The thing about the guitar, do you remember we saw the Sadies? Mm -hmm. Remember the the brothers, uh, Dallas Good and Travis Good? We saw them at, uh, where did we see them? Whatever. Um, They play on these albums, and that's that's one of the brothers, Dallas Good. Hmm. But his brother Travis had played on the earlier albums, uh, furnished from lullaby and he played the acoustic stuff on that and uh, have you heard of the Sadies Sarah? Mm. I would almost say they're like a, a, their music is, music is very comparable in some ways to to Nico's uh, not the songwriting level probably but it's a similar stylistically it's very a good match And uh, but the, their guitar their play, guitar playing is amazing they uh, Eric and I saw them and they, they were they, the kinds of players who just like make it look so effortless but they're just doing these incredible solo licks they actually can reach they stand side by side and one will reach back and do the yeah. finger on the frets what? of the other guitar and the brother the other brother will put his fingers in there what? but they're both playing their own guitars what? with their right hand what and they are yeah. playing solos and stuff that's crazy of, for each other it's just crazy and they're so good i also love uh i wish i was the moon i think yeah, it's the most it's gorgeous song yeah it's arranged by a guy named john rauhaus who I have one of his albums, and he's just this amazing, again, uh, another amazing musician, but like this multi-instrumentalist. He could just do like <laughs> everything. I'm going to play a little bit. I know yeah, I'm playing a lot from this album, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's fine. Play all these songs. I just want to spend the rest of my life talking about Fox Confessor, but we can linger on this one. We will now. talk about it in moments. Ah. Chimney falls oh, so and lovers blaze. Angry. Thought that I I mean, I've wished I was the moon. I don't know about you guys. I have legitimately. I was in. I wish I was on the moon. No, I wished I was the moon. I was in Belize on a boat, and the moon was so big. Hmm. We were racing across the water, and there were no lights. Well, this would be the perfect song to be listening to while you're lying there. I wasn't. No, I was sitting on the boat. It's a boat. You're on a boat. Speedboat. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is the album that made me like. Nico case so much I, I just went through a relationship this is a I was dating somebody and it didn't work out and so I was like bombed I was like well I might as well start listening to Nico case I guess because I gotta do something at this time and this uh this album came on and it was like just hit the spot it really right, struck me man it's good breakup music this song is so melancholy and beautiful and wistful 
soothing. Yeah. This one is an original, which is just one of those instant classics. One thing she's just saying there is remind me of another thing that I have noticed. She frequently will sing from a male perspective or refer to herself as like she's mm, a, okay. but There's a, a song called too. Man on right. Uh, right. Well, mm-hmm. yes. That's, on the, is that on Fox well, Confessor? It, no, it's on the um, the worst things get, mm. et cetera, et cetera. You should have to say the whole name no. every time you say it. <laughs> it's so good. I want to say it all the time. I'm going to say it right now. The worse things get, the harder I fight, the harder I fight, the more I love you. Okay, every time we want to talk about the song, a <laughs> album, uh, Eric and I can just use the short version, and then you have to immediately I will. follow with I will. the full thing. We all need to hear okay. it every time because right. it's worth repeating. We should, this whole podcast should just be us repeating that title <laughs> for like an hour chant over and over. In again. unison. No, no chanting because then it takes away the uh, meaning behind it. Okay. Don't ruin it. Okay. <laughs> Don't make it weird. <laughs> you had one job, David. I had one job. Um, okay, so let's talk about. Fox Confessor. Yes. Full title. Fox Confessor Brings the Flood. Good. Good job. Very good. Well, you're, you're the full, ti- a, you're the full title person now? here. No, mm-hmm. you're, the, you're, the, you're mm-hmm. the one who has to say the full titles. Mm-hmm. Um, this was number one on Amazon Music Editor's top album list of 2006. Wow. Or whatever that's okay. Well, uh, I, I, you know, Amazon, take it as you will. But the music editors yeah. of Amazon, I think, no. You know, a thing or two about music, and it, mm. I was just impressed that it was it was number one on the list. And it came a full Not four years really. after Blacklisted. Yes. So. Well, this one, like, people went crazy over this record. Yeah. Oh, it it was the one that uh, I think brought her to. I don't didn't make her star, but you know, it it definitely got more attention than anything. Well, because this previously. is like not a country in any right. Right. In any way, shape, or form, no. is this a country album? Right. I mean, it's cl- cl- it has, we know because we've listened to yeah. like mm-hmm. her earlier stuff. But like, you could pick this up; it would just feel like timeless. Melodically, it ties into her other stuff, of course. But, but on its but own, it's you not, would never call it a country album, no, yeah. or even yeah. an alt country album, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I'm not sure what you would call it. Really, it's mm. it's kind of just non category. Yeah, just great. Uh, so the first song on here, Margaret versus Pauline, which. Seems like a pretty straightforward, pretty girl. It, it's a very clear kind of trope situation. Mm-hmm. You have two women. They're girls from the opposite sides of the tracks, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just following along with it. And then that last verse, like, punches you in the gut. One left her sweater sitting on the train. The other lost three fingers at the cannery. Everything's so easy for Pauline. Yeah. Like, just, just. And... The character of Margaret, the one who lost her three fingers, ostensibly, the girl from the wrong side of the mm-hmm. tracks, that whole character was taken as inspiration from this 1964 super weird novel called In Watermelon Sugar. <laughs> it's a very strange post-apocalyptic, like anti-technology, anti-society kind of situation. Not particularly, uh, no. Yeah. I read bits of it and it uh, was like uh, too weird. <laughs> 
like this whole idea of watermelon sugar is because you have different suns and those suns produce different watermelons and you make everything out of the sugar. Wow. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like I'm just saying these things and you guys are like, I understand the words and this sounds insane. But there was a woman in this novel called Margaret and Nico Casas said that's where she got the inspiration uh, for Margaret and maybe for the song, but I don't know because it doesn't seem like that's mm-hmm. the premise of the mm-hmm. song, but mm. boom, this is the first song on the record right, and i already right. said like 10 things we could talk about and somebody's losing their fingers and you know, yeah man like, who sings about things like that i mean exactly. it's <laughs> <laughs> well the underbelly thing keeps coming back to mind sure. for me it's like you know the, the things you don't you don't think about or see that she's just bringing those elements to light to enhance the the picture i mean she didn't need to say that she lost three fingers but <laughs> But that's the it whole story adds, in yeah, some ways. Yeah, right. Right? But it, yeah. you know, it captured me during the song. I was like, what? what'd she say that? Right? What? Could, wait, let me go One back. Left right? her, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, she left her sweater on the train. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that Pauline. Yeah. And then <laughs> she <laughs> lost three fingers at the what the what? what? did I miss? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta oh, go back and hear this somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, and it's also very Pacific Northwest, right? Canneries. Like, that's a big industry in this area. Yeah, exactly. It would be her West Coast at, at yeah. most. But, yeah. With one line, she like, she set place. Yeah, yeah. She set economic, socioeconomic right. nobody characteristics. Goes, nobody works in a cannery. Unless they absolutely yeah, have yeah, to, right? right like, right. as a reflection of this other character mm-hmm. who's easier to just sing about in pretty words. And then we go into Star Witness, one of my favorite. Oh, that is such a great song, yeah songs um before you play it i want to read some of the lyrics oh please talk about it for a second like so it has this old old school rock and roll country-ish kind of rhythm and song structure to it soft drumming with the brush again right but it's super creepy there's a lot of stuff about like wolves and broken glass and blood and so the first verse starts my true love drowned in a dirty old pan of oil from the block of a Falcon sedan, 1969. So many fun things in there to unpack. Yeah, the detail is just crazy. <laughs> but then the, la- the end of the song, you're saying, go on, go on, scream and cry. You're miles from where anyone will find you. Whoa. There's nothing new. No television crew. They don't even put on the sirens. My nightgown sweeps the pavement. Please don't let him die. Wow. Yeah. The fuck is that? Yeah. That's terrifying. <laughs> That's terrifying. And it's beautiful. The song is beautiful. Yeah. It's such a weird juxtaposition. She's always doing that. Like yeah. the, the the melody is so often so different from the lyrical content and, and, and I but I think that makes it more powerful in a way. I mean just if she made it some angry like mm-hmm. punk song or something, right. it, would, it would be completely I don't think it would have as much power maybe, you know. Oh, should we play it? Oh, yeah, please. yeah. Please. After those lyrics, I definitely... <laughs> Falcon sedan 1969 
<laughs> she corrected him. <laughs> but the chorus is the thing that gets you, right? This is beautiful. We're great. We're just chilling with this right now, right? Okay, it's a little creepy. Yeah. Sing songy back and forth. Just nice. Love. I mean, she just fell. Glass in her thermos? What the fuck well, does that after falling? Why, why does she that happen? The oh, thank you. Okay. And then it's like a whole flock of birds takes flight from a field with this chorus. babysit what just happened <laughs> come smoke weed we're gonna watch the bit ba- what well you know she's saying that's an excuse <laughs> no i get it yeah. now i know what what's happening at the sister's house but still well i would play the entire song except then <sighs> i i i i have listened to this song like 20 times mm-hmm. in a row well and lyrically there's so much going on that on repeated listening, she'll keep noticing new things mm-hmm. and it'll start mm-hmm. taking on new meanings mm-hmm. or it's like, oh, I, now I see where that comes from with that other thing. Yeah, the guy and, drowned in oil? I mean, what the... Yeah, how does that even happen? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> oh. And I, I find myself just in, captured in the, in the her voice. Mm. I mean, she has such a yeah. beautiful voice yeah. and I just yeah. love... Riding the wave of uh, mm-hmm. coming through. There, the there are so many angles to appreciate her from. You know, yeah. just riding, the, what the, riding she, the wave is a good way to put it. She, yeah. she could be speaking yeah. a different language altogether, and I'd still enjoy sure. the song. Yeah. And sometimes I think the perspective does change within mm-hmm. her songs Who, too. Who's coming who's, from? Yeah, yeah who's yeah, coming yeah. from? Yeah. Well, she <laughs> she has said that she really likes movie trailers because it shows you, like, in some ways, the best parts of the movie, and then sometimes you'll watch it after you see the trailer, and you'll be like, "Oh, my like, good." But the beauty of the trailer is that you can fill in the blanks yourself. So that's how she thinks of writing her songs. Mm-hmm. It's like a trailer of a thing. So she's not giving you the whole story. Oh, interesting. Right. She's just giving you just enough of it. Yeah. So yeah. you can be like, oh, I want to see the whole thing. The whole but thing. I can also kind of make it better in my head than it ever actually is in real but life. And then she never makes the full movie. Right. Well, it's like the genius of good horror movies yeah, that never yeah. show you the monster. Right. Exactly. And they're yeah. the scariest. Eric, what, what were some of your other favorites to be honest I, I didn't pick out any individual songs on this i, I do have a note to hold on mm-hmm. yeah I, I read a quote where she said that one was her most autobiographical song that she'd ever written <gasps> really at that point yeah she said and i was the mean girl she or said, somebody's in between girl she said everything in there is just taken from her life she didn't make up stuff for it it's, it's all feelings she's had or nothing extra she said i feel like nico case writes like she's telling secrets of like girl world <laughs> but yet then they as soon as you hear her say them you're like well 
It's actually not a secret. Like everyone understands this. Mm-hmm. Everyone's experienced this. But whether it's not, you're ever, a girl it's not or always not. been voiced. Yeah, but she tells something. it like it's like a. Yeah. Yeah, that song is when she calls herself a mean girl. In the end, I was the mean girl, which is yeah. like the worst thing that, not the worst thing, but a terrible thing yeah. as a person you can feel like where you thought you were being the sympathetic friend, but instead you realize in retrospect, maybe you were being the bully or you were being <laughs> the one that allied with the cool kids and was mean to other people. Mm. Yeah, That's rough. And that somehow that, that song became a bit of a left field hit. The song from that album, I think they got the most mm-hmm. radio play. And maybe it's one people are most familiar with. You said that was the one that you thought. Well, it stuck out to me at first when I was listening. And then I, after listening to more of the album, it became less and less my favorite song on the album. There were so many yeah, others that I, I actually I don't think it's better. I mean, I, love, I, I think it's a great song, but I, yeah. it's not my favorite song on the album. Which one was your favorite from the record? Um, Star Witness is definitely mm-hmm. up there. But Thanks I also wrote the title track, Fox yeah. Professor Brings mm-hmm. the Blood. Uh-huh. I, I said it's kind of stunning. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting song. Both musically and lyrically. Yeah. I didn't write any other notes about it, but that's... I love the opening two lines. Driving home, I see those flooded fields. How can people know what beauty this is? Fox Confessor, what does that mean? <laughs> it just really bothers me. I don't understand. I, I feel like it's a some combination of biblical and uh, like Aesop's fables or something. I, I I'm not. Well, there's definitely something biblical happening where she's talking about floods yeah. and civilization. There are these constant, like, just changes in the musical mm-hmm. feel of the song, and each one gives new emphasis to what she's saying at that mm-hmm. very moment. It, it keeps it keeps changing and morphing. You never really settle into one particular no. thing. I mean, it, and even and even all the guitar parts mm-hmm. are all a little just a little off. Yeah. They're a little off the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. So you're never like quite settled in a thing. Right. Like it sounds like something's very familiar, and the rhythm is like soothing, but then like it's always just like a little. Yeah. And you kind of expect it to come back to repeat something mm-hmm. that it did earlier. No. It doesn't happen. No. Yeah. Right, she like that little that. acoustic thing where it yeah. suddenly just becomes that acoustic guitar for a few moments. Yeah, it doesn't keep going. They could have like settled into that mm. for a little bit, mm-hmm. but it just goes to something I, else. And then... I'm so into that kind of songwriting. The idea that you have the the bravery, the boldness to record a song and to not when you come up with an amazing hook or an amazing yeah. piece to it, to just do it once and fucking leave it. Yeah. And just go to the next thing and never go back to it. That's crazy. Most yeah. people don't have that many good ideas. 
Yeah, that mm-hmm. kind of restraint. Yeah, is, is, right. That right. reflects that, doesn't it? Here's yeah. a song. I have two really good, great ideas, like legit good ideas, and I'll just pound well, those two good ideas into your ear until you can't think right. of anything else. It, it, it's it speaks to having <laughs> a, a lot of restraint and B, yeah. knowing that you've got a lot more up your sleeve that you can mm. throw at them. Oh, you think you like this? Just wait a moment. Right, just know, like, like that song. I've got before. so much more. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thought occurs to me. You go ahead. You, you, you go listen to somebody else. Get into this chorus for a second. I'll be right here. Don't worry. At the time that she's recording and writing it, though, does she know that it's the hook? I mean, is it something that comes later that her audience? I think I think something like that. I think that's probably more created during the recording. Yeah, I think progress process. As she's writing the bones of the song, she probably doesn't have things like that in mind necessarily. But then, as they're adding layers and Mm -hmm. and so on, I I think she brings that in. Well, I'm always fascinated by the recording process, you know, of of just how things come together, and I, I. there's another uh, podcast called The Song Exploder. I think I've mm-hmm. probably told both of you about that, which... I read about it before you told me. Oh, did you? I well, did. Just, just, I just glad you back. mentioned that. That's just, on record she's, now. She's standing up straight. I knew about it before you read about it. Her. Well, I... <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, <laughs> what I was going to say was that it... Uh, some people that's good so that's good i'll give you the point for a funny joke thank you some (laughs) people don't like those sorts of things because it takes some of the the mystery the magic out of a song to know that much about how it came together you know um and and i can understand that but for me i'm just fascinated by how these things come to be you know and, and like certain sounds and uh how much of it is originally part of the song and how much just comes later by accident or, you know, just experimenting and all that. And I, the putting together of this song would be fascinating, mm. I think. Yeah, you know, to hear mm-hmm. about the, like yeah. a deep dive into it. I'm with yeah. you. I like to learn about how it's made mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, because then I like no more, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then because I also like to have a moment of personal decision, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that. Like, I agree <laughs> with that. That makes right. sense to me. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I really enjoy those moments, those small moments in my life where I can judge things that don't hurt anybody. <laughs> right. Judging art is like, you know, you're not really like, be, yeah, maybe harmlessly artists, judgy. Yeah. yeah. You're like maybe hurting an artist, but not exactly because it's like, she's never going to hear any of this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so that seems a lot easier than judging someone mm-hmm. based on like economics or religion or gender or whatever, you know, that's not cool, yeah. but yeah. you can judge a piece of art. And, and I've, I've yet to have, one of these things ruin a song for me, you know? So I, right. I, and you just, if you don't like the explanation. Right. Forget it. I, yeah. I it. Yeah, whatever. Another favorite one on here for me is Maybe Sparrow. Hmm. Um, and that's another one where she does that high pitched kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it, it makes her, her voice a little thinner. Her, her voice can work in so many, so many ways so well. Also, it does um, the thing that she does a lot in her songs where the first verse, the supporting music, behind it is really sparse and then when the second verse kicks in like everything kind of kicks mm-hmm. in yeah. with her yeah yeah oh let's listen to yeah, it yeah it's your turn maybe spell you should wait the the it starts out with that kind of western mm-hmm. western sound you never pass beyond the gate if you don't hear my warning It's a drowning dive. 
there's some really interesting instrumentation in this yeah. song that I think speaks to the like sparrow aspect of the subject matter. Sure, yeah. The, that little mm-hmm. synthy thing there's is like little, unlike any other. It's really kind of, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. It sounds like a bird. Very bird like, yeah. yeah. How do you break into a note like that? I mm-hmm. mean, start like, right there. It's like that's a point where you have to like build into it for a second beforehand. And she just know. like she's there. Yeah. Mortal <laughs> We are not worthy. And some of that, like that instrumentation, that was just at the last moment I turned it off. It has a very um, old timey feel despite the song not feeling that way as a whole there's these little moments where acoustic guitar and like almost like a wash tub sound to it or something like violent femmes comes to mind for some reason their, their first album uh the instrumentation on that there's that there's that uh i guess lyrics where she goes la di da la di da there's there's another one of her songs where she says blah 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 mm-hmm. and, yeah <laughs> and i think that's really a, a cool use of oh and calling these fillers yes Ugh. I love that That's song. That's a wonderful song. Yeah. And, and it's this filler that, you know, she doesn't have to use actual real words. She can mm. insert blah, 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 and and it captures well, what she's trying to say. And the fact that we clearly. know she's such an amazing lyricist otherwise makes that somehow more right. yeah, yeah. That too, impactful. That too. Because yeah, that she chooses that moment yeah, exactly. to just like... Yeah. Right. It I'm means a lot more coming from her. Syllables of nonsense in here. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's on the next... Yeah, yeah uh, Colin Card is on, yeah. 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 The worse things get, the harder I fight. The harder I fight, the more I love you. That's the album that Colin Card is on. Uh, <laughs> you know, let, let's let's start talking about that album. Sure. Then. I mean, it, I unless I know just, you want to talk I about Fast Confessor all day. Well, I do. Well, I mean, I could. Well, I if you have something else you want, uh, please. You know, it's uh, the widow's a widow's toast. That song oh, yeah. just just makes my brain spin in a cyclone of understanding and misunderstanding and beauty yeah. at the same time it's like so perfect i don't know what it's about but i kind of know what it's about but i still don't know what it's about so some interesting pronunciations and then it ends there. but they're correct yeah, yeah. yeah. saint angel is yes. the right way yes. to say right. that right. Right, right, which right. isn't a decisive place yeah. it's, it could be any of four different cathedrals small churches yeah. in yeah. france right. i tried to find this out because i was like <laughs> what is she talking about yeah. because it it sounds like it feels like it's like a World War II kind of story about pilots that fought in the Second World War and their widows drinking to their memory. But mm-hmm. that is a really like <laughs> that's a big leap from picking up some crumbs from the story. And then it's it's over so fast. It mm-hmm. just drops off yeah. and it stops. Yeah. And every time I listen to it at the end, like I start out and I have questions and then I just go with it and at the end, then it just stops and I'm like, What wait a minute, what <laughs> what did I just uh, but yeah. and and I think every song on this record could be a conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a weak song in there. Really, mm, just, no, mm-hmm. you know, no filler. She doesn't. Really she doesn't have do filler. I know songs. That's the thing. She doesn't. Well, and that's like, one of the things you I, could like or not like better or worse. But right, listening to these again and again, I, I just realized how consistent she is. She's just. I think if she has songs that are not up to snuff, she doesn't include them. I think she just finds something better to put there. And I mean, unless she's just so good that. Every song she writes is amazing. Uh, or, we we or had great. some conversations before on other artists. That you you guys really notice how the songs on a particular album stick together, or mm. they're meant to be together. Mm. The Kinks, know. I think, the was Kinks very was, much was like yeah. that. Yeah. Probably during that conversation. And yeah. to me, the songs on this album mm. do that. Mm-hmm. 
more yeah. more so than her mm-hmm. other albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like out of the the five records we listened to, this album was my favorite overall. However, I have more favorite songs on the worse things get, the harder I fight, <laughs> the harder I fight, the more I love you. I have more favorites from that record. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just respecting the artist, man. You guys are both laughing I, at me. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it's worth it every time. It's it so beautiful. It is. I'm glad you're here for that. should be tattooed on my heart. I won't do that because I don't get tattoos of yeah. words because that's yeah. too literal. Good idea. Interestingly, I think for her, the way the songs, the albums hold together is uh, more of an atmosphere, except maybe this last one we're talking about. And and I think you could sort of swap songs a lot between her albums, more so than maybe other artists, and Hmm. and they would still work there. I mean, as we said, her songwriting got more sophisticated or changed. I think maybe Uh, between her first two, three, but not these, but then back and forth between Fox Confessor. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, that's sort of what I mean. I I think I was focusing on the earlier albums. Maybe Fox Confessor I couldn't include either, but yeah. Uh, But this album. The worse things get, the harder I fight, the harder I fight, the more I love you. Thank you. Is the one I think I said earlier, maybe that, uh, that I was not at all familiar with. And, And in fact, when I was looking at the albums, when we were, trying to you know, deciding what to listen to. I, I was not even aware that album had come out. And I, I was, because I, the past few years, I have sort of just sort of lost track of what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it sounds interesting. I read a couple of reviews about it that sounded very positive. I thought, well, you know, I, I already had heard the other ones. I was familiar with them, but I wanted one that I was coming to completely fresh, you know, and just, and, and I actually didn't have super high expectations, although it's Nico case. But just like I, I, I just think, well, I had this idea in my head that her later stuff wasn't uh, as, you know, up to up to mm-hmm. the par of her earlier stuff. So she's at the tail end of her halcyon. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Hal- her Hal- halcyon phase. Halcyon. And but I was completely wrong. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. was blown away how good this album right? is. And yeah. it opens with an amazing song. Uh, no, I'm sorry. My second, the second song is my favorite. Wild Creatures is great, but Night Still Comes, the second song, is one of my very favorites. It has this line, I, remet, I revenge myself yeah. all over myself. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's just tortured and beautiful. And then the rest of the song, you never held it at the right, like what is... Oh. Held it, that, that's, that's one of my favorite lines in the I whole know. thing. You never held it at I the right so angle. I have so many thoughts about that line. Yeah. It's like holding hands. It... Reminds me of an Amy Winehouse song. Mm-hmm. What, how did she say? The only time I held your hand was to get the angle right. Mm-hmm. That is that is trashy. You know what she's talking about. Not trashy, but that is about sex. <laughs> so when she keeps saying you never held it at the right mm-hmm. angle, like yeah. hmm. so goes, in my head goes yeah, immediately. That. It's funny. I, it never occurred to me like that kind of thing. I was picturing yeah. it like holding it in the light at the right angle to Ooh, get a certain reflection off of that's something. That's cool. So what, you know, you weren't holding our relationship or whatever at right, the right angle and right. getting and, and seeing it for what it was because the, the light was not. Mm, that's yeah, I, great. I thought of it more of a metaphor also. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my, I also thought of it as holding hands somehow. It wasn't, didn't mm-hmm. feel right. Mm-hmm. But then she says in the song, catch a falling star and then you don't hold it the right Mm-hmm. Way so that I think all of this fits in that, right? Like you're yeah. holding something precious, right? But you're not getting you don't get it, you're not yeah. holding it the yeah. right way, which yeah. is like a There's really just beautiful, something is off. Yeah. yeah, sad. Let's play it, yes, please. Yeah, 
My brain makes drugs to keep me slow. A hilarious joke for some dead pharaoh, but now not even the masons know what drug will keep that from coming. So now it's like. You're just like, oh yeah, this is great. I can just settle into this There's rhythm. So many tools that are made from my hands, but the tide smashes all my best laid plans to send. And there's always someone to say it's easy for me, but I revenge myself all over myself. There's nothing and then you can say. This amazing chorus happens. This this conjures up like classic '60s soul oh, too. Oh yeah, this is like a room yeah. full of people Absolutely. screaming yeah. this. So yeah. perfect. Yeah. That's like the most classic perfect songwriting. Yeah. You're right. The soul music aspect to it. Almost gospel-ish a little mm-hmm. bit. And this little part here is like a little off-key kind of. Yeah. Like, so it takes you away from it being too perfect. Right. Yeah. Too easy to listen to. Yeah. yeah. Just reminds you. It's creepy. <laughs> myself all over myself yeah there's nothing you can do to me <laughs> it's worse than what i've already done yeah. right yeah. like you can't yeah. mm-hmm. there's just like this resilience in her songs yeah. too <laughs> which is incredible because they're so heartbreaking and heart-wrenching yeah. Yeah. you know there's songs of people getting killed maybe dying in an oil pan we don't know what that means like there's songs of people suffering and having horrible moments but then there's always these also moments of like you can't do anything worse to me than I can do to myself. Mm-hmm. So like I have to suffer through my own introspection and you can do terrible. The world right. can do terrible things to me, but never yeah. worse than what I could you do to myself. And there's something, there's yeah. something comforting in that, right? <clears throat> that like people right. can hurt you and fuck with you, but like really they can't do anything yeah. worse than you can do laying alone at three in the morning and, it going almost, in a almost, shame spiral in your head. Yeah. It almost gives you more control over yeah. what they would do. It's like, not that you'd want to make your, it worse for yourself, but it also implies that if you can bring yourself out of that negative right. thinking, then they still can't hurt you. you know, no, because you can still go still, to yeah. that place on your own, yeah, right, no matter yeah. what they do to you. But you can also, you know, hopefully, not always choose, yeah, yeah. but you can get to a better place. That's an amazing song. And, yeah. And, you know, just listening to that, just just how great a song is, it, it brought back to me again how I, how shocking it was to me that it, liking her as much as I did, I, I found you know, an album that I think might even be better than all the ones hmm. that came before. And, and, just, and I think it took the second listen, maybe. Like, the first listen, I was like, okay, I'm not sure what to, you know, I'm not, I don't know how this, 
how to compare this to the others. But then like in the second or third listen, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And mm. I, I take back any doubts. I, any reservations I may have had about her, her, uh, continued quality of songwriting. She's, uh, the, the next song, man, I, mm, uh, so interesting, very interesting. Just, she's just being, she's, she's just, just She's, her lyrics in that song are just like the most typical kind of man ideas of things. I'm yeah. a man, not just casually. A treehouse cannot support me. I'm not the runt of the litter. The yeah, fat I, friends and bullies were no match for me. So taste right. them in my teeth. I'm a man. Like yeah. it's very. I guess it's more. Yeah. Just yeah. really interesting as a woman singing just, it and owning it. Like, it's almost mm. a little mocking, you know. It's, obviously, are you very kidding? Mocking. It's very super mocking. mocking. Okay. Yeah. yeah, almost. Yeah. And musically, I thought it was very much like an arcade fire song. Do you, do How? You know? uh, just the the atmosphere, the whole. Oh, here I go. I'll play it a little bit. I thought it was kind of really rough. This whole part it sounds so much like arcade fire. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, this didn't appeal to me at all. I, I had a hard time with the song. The, the music in particular. Yeah, yeah. the music. Yeah, I'm not as into the musicality of it as the other songs. Yeah. But I like the lyrics a lot. Yeah, I'm not a huge arcade fan, arcade fire fan, so it, it, that part bothered me slightly. But. And it seems so, you know, earlier I was calling her song was all consistent, but this one kind of stands out for me. It's, it's like really abrupt and almost a. Uh, it's a very different feel. Yeah. Prescribed or something. It also sounds to me a lot like a... A little polished. A little, a little too polished, maybe, overall. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that'd be a word for it, too, yeah. Well, and it's too... It, it doesn't have those little changes that we're talking about. It's like... It's very... Very first... Chorus first, you know. Yeah, this, this one could... This song could be on one of those first two or three albums. Mm. I think we could have been Except for the, the country part of it. Yeah, I, I think lyrically it was more interesting to me than musically, definitely. Um, it sounds a lot like a song. There's a band called The Like mm-hmm. that made a record called Release Me that Mark Ronson produced, yeah. which I adore. They're like an L.A. band that they did this one record that he made that's like a 60s girl group record. Oh. And it's, oh, it's such a great record start to finish. Uh-huh. But they have a song um, called I Can See It In Your Eyes, which has a very similar rhythm to, to this song. But like, kind of keeps it in an easier, poppier mm-hmm. '60s soul group kind of realm that yeah. makes it way more fun to listen to. Right? It's yeah, I, I could sort of hear this if you like pulled away some of the layers of instrumentation. I think it would maybe work a lot better. Mm-hmm. So we already talked about nearly nearly midnight. Another, Ugh, another that, that amazing we could talk song. about that forever. Yeah, we yeah. could have done a whole show just on that song. Yeah, yeah that. Yeah, well, it was really bold. Also, yeah. not just the the topic matter, but it's, it's a practically an acapella song you know it's kind of cool. and then yes, she yeah. uses the word fuck like really aggressively in like, yeah. the most mm-hmm. loud yeah moment yeah. when you're like lured into this soft acapella space and then there's like a pause and then that breaks in yeah. get the fuck away from mm-hmm. me like so loud and so singular right like she doesn't she doesn't shy away from the most horrific part of mm-hmm. that story Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She really lays into it. This shit happened, and I witnessed this, and it was fucking horrific. 
yeah. and I'm going to throw it in your face with all yeah. of the it's vocal power. It's like you power. could feel how mm-hmm. she felt at that time, right? and she was tr- doing that on purpose. She yeah. wanted you to feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Nico Case. For yeah. That. And thank I think I think doing that. the acapella thing makes a lot of sense to me because, like, with that subject matter, I, I think yeah, uh, she probably felt like adding instrumentation, prettying it up at all, mm. just completely would negate its power, you know, like, or just, 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 she wants it raw. She wants it, yeah. you know, yeah. just, and memorable. she wants you to hear what she's saying. She doesn't want to like risk having you like miss it because you're listening to the, yeah, it'd be more appropriate to have like nails on a chalkboard or something with that song or something. If yeah. You put some sound yeah. to it. Yeah. But it gets stuck in my head. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That I, line, yeah. get the fuck away from me. Like that line mm-hmm. gets stuck in my head and, and it's like, it's a crazy thing to live in your head that aggressively. Yeah. It's not, not what you usually imagine when you have those repeat songs. It's definitely not Rich Girl by Hall & Oates, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's not tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Our secret. secret. Uh, and then Calling Card. You love that too. Yeah, all right. right? Such a great tune. Oh, you can play that, but you better play Local Girl too because that's my other favorite. Okay. I'm just warning you. The acoustics in this is really good too. going on in there musically but it still feels sparse you know just mm. it's, it's all yeah. kind of distance does she play mm-hmm. what she, what she, she, she play? Play. Okay. oh she plays drums too yeah and she plays <laughs> drums yeah that song is very poignant to me being in a long distance relationship currently mm. it feels very it feels very real hmm. mm-hmm. with our arms around each other with our faith still in each other even when we're not together um, so you wanted to do Ragtime? No, Local Girl. Local Oh, of course. Sorry, that was the one I promised yeah. you. So this is the one I wanted to... Oh. Sorry about it. Go ahead. This is the one I wanted to do a, an, a chart of, a data chart. Oh. <laughs> based on the word you. <laughs> because of the way she uses it in the song. It's like a fulcrum of the song, like where it comes in. Because the sing-songy like backup of the chorus you know you do, all of you shame on you, all mm. of you lie. It's like this repetition of the yeah. word you, right? And all of you lie about someday. You know you do, all of you shame on you, all of you lie. Like, it's just yeah. this incredible hmm. use of the word you or just incredible use of language 
to just keep repeating this word, but spin the words around it differently every time. So I wanted to make a chart that charted every time she uses the word you in the song and like, like where it fell up and down on a register. I just thought it would be really beautiful, visually (laughs) interesting to look at. Her use of that, it's like this, this restrained anger. I mean, it's, it's as though she's screaming it, but she doesn't need to just because the way she's, that repetition, it, it's, it's this, this forcefulness to it, just the, the, the cadence of it, mm. like like she's just, it's just spilling out of her, mm-hmm. and, and she's not screaming it out, but she, you, you really get that that sense of that. Yeah, yeah. can you whip out some of that? Please. Please. I really think about this. All of you lie about someday. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I feel like that's everyone. We all do it. All of us lie. All of us say, someday I'm going to be this. I'm going to do this. And it's saying it's lies is pretty, it's pretty rough. Yeah. It's a pretty strong judgment. Yeah. She's fucking right too though, right? <laughs> like we all know that about ourselves. Yeah. We all do lie about someday. Uh, one thing I noticed is that, uh, the, those backing vocals have a kind of a, a girl group feel to them. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I, I just wonder about being a local girl and girl girl. Like mm, there's this whole kind of cool. something going on there. I'm not sure what, but. That's that's when you scream in the car with the windows open. Yeah. To sing along to. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't done this personally. <laughs> but you're, you will. Many, many times. Yeah. Not before saying the entire album title and it's What do you mean? <laughs> the worse things get, the harder I fight. The harder I fight, the more I love you. Exactly. You mean that? Yes. I, I think that was what I meant, yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. So uh ragtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Who said why don't you say something? Oh, this one I did. This one has mm-hmm. another bunch of single syllable words in it. Super punchy. Starts out really great. It's got this really great bass rhythm mm-hmm. to it. Yes. And there's horns, but like just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. So it's like that thing again, that George Lucas mm-hmm. thing. Um, and there's a line in it that says, I'll reveal myself invincible soon. Interesting that when you hear a title like Ragtime, for me anyway, I think of Ragtime music. Scott, Scott Joplin, Joplin, which is like... completely not what this sounds like. So it was a very interesting choice of title versus sound. Well, she mentions a Ragtime song in it, like written in 1935, but nothing in the song sounds like that type of music, which is cool. Um, the, the baseline reminded me a lot of a song and I, it took me a little while to think of it. Uh, it turned out what it brought to mind was a song by Split Ends called One Step Ahead. 
Do you know that song, Eric? Mm-mm. Me neither. Not yeah. by the title. Right. Go ahead, I, Dave. I used to be Just a big, talk about it. I used to be a big Split Ends fan. Who the hell are Split Ends? What? Yes, I said okay. it. Eric doesn't know. I don't In know. The There's 80s, three of us here. They, two out of three don't know what they, that means. So guess a, what? Maybe they're not that big. Wow. Uh, <laughs> your, your lack of knowledge about something doesn't make it inconsequential. Um, I think she was trying to make the point it's obscure. And unimportant, I believe, was the other. I believe obscure. Yeah, and you want to know about obscure things? They're so from New Zealand. Compliment. Oh they're, Jesus! <laughs> not even Australia, were, but New were, Zealand. They were big in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> anyway, well, I was too busy being a child in the eighties. <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to play it for you. Just to... oh joy! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, okay. Don't worry, David. If it's good, I'll eat my words. Well, well, let's do ragtime first a little bit. Thanks. So we have something to compare it to. Hmm. There's actually, I think, a, a few different songs. This makes me think of, and I can't bring, bring up the other ones. But. Last night late, I was watching it snow. That was a nice bass. Great tone. Mm, this bit about the snow and the city and sideways. Beautiful. And she has these moments of like playful singing, which you don't hear much from her, but it's like. Yeah, there's some song that comes to mind with that bass line that I can't quite put my fingers yeah. on. I'm actually pretty sure that the song I'm going to play for you in a moment by Split Ends, E-N-Z. Oh, no. This was the 80s. Um, it's no excuse. It's a Journey <laughs> song that I'm thinking of. Oh, God. Yeah. There's something else that I think is even a better fit for Oh, it. I take that back. It's not Journey. It's you too. Yes, of course. Oh, with and without? With, with, no. Yep. No. It's not. It's on I, that record. I, I don't No, I think it is think with or without you. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. My bad. Yeah. You were right. Yeah. That's. I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, good call. Well, here's, here's the beginning gonna... of One Step Ahead. I'm still going to play it. Yeah, hear it. Okay, that's really fucking cool. I hate you. That's badass. I would totally listen to this. Damn it. I hate when he's right. <laughs> this really like, makes me question all my life choices. <laughs> That's rad. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> anyway, this, so that that was really, there was that bass, that walking bass really, line kind mm-hmm. of thing that just fitting into the album. Although no, it, it actually is. We can't end on it playing a spling ends. Oh, song. I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, well, no, but I I mean fitting into the podcast just meant mm. to the album. Um, oh, there was a. I guess this maybe applies more to the earlier part of her career, but there was a a 60s singer who uh, certainly didn't have the depth of songwriting that Nico has, but she is a, like a, a stylistic sibling. Uh, are, you, are you familiar with Bobby Gentry? 
uh, Ode to Billy Joe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. song? I do not. I'm going to play a little bit of it. It's an iconic song. Yeah, but it's it's got that darkness to it, and her voice is a really good example of a, kind of a, a raw... It, it wasn't it wasn't like a, a perfect voice. It's a natural voice. Natural voice, yeah. Like Billy yeah. Holly, Buddy Holly and Elvis Costello. Yeah. You may recognize it, but... It's, it's a story song. It's very good, dark tale. It was the third of June, another sleepy, dusty delta day. I was out chopping cotton and my brother was bailing hay. And at dinner time we stopped and walked back to the house to eat. And Mama hollered at the back door. Yeah. Y'all remember to wipe your feet. I feel like something bad's about to happen. And then she said, "I got some news this morning from Choctaw Ridge. Today, Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge." Jesus. Sounds like a train whistle. Weird. It's so upbeat. Well, Billy Joe never had a lick of sense. Pass the biscuits, please. It has these little elements that. There's five more acres in the lower 40 I got to plow. And Mama said it was a shame about Billy Joe, anyhow. Seems like nothing ever comes to no good up on Choctaw Ridge. And now Billy Joe McAllister's jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. And brother said he recollected when he and Tom and Billy Joe put a frog down my back at the Carroll County Picture Show. going this is this next verse i think it's just really mama awful. said to me child what's happened to you Speculation of what that was. Yeah. A lot of speculation. Brother married Becky Thompson. They bought a store in Tupelo. <gasps> That's where Elvis is from. 
There was a virus going round. Some back water. And now mama doesn't seem to want to do much of anything. And me, I spend a lot of time picking flowers up on Choctaw Ridge. Choctaw Ridge does not sound like a good place. sound what the hell was that yeah, that was a number one song what it was a huge hit mm-hmm. that is a crazy song it, yeah like 67 68 well although i can yeah. hear it i can imagine it being the kind of thing that people would hear it and be like oh this is a yeah. But it's really disturbing. It is. It's dark. And I mean, as, as Eric said, it's like there was a lot of speculation about like, it really caught, captured people's imagination. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what are they throwing off the bridge? And, and why did Billy think? Joe throw himself what off the bridge What did people think they threw off the bridge? I don't know. You don't know? Or like, come on, there had speculation. What was the speculation about? Well, I'm about? sure it was like, you know, maybe they killed somebody else and threw a body off. And then or they had a baby. Mm-hmm. That's the first that, thing that I would say. Right? Yeah. 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 And then he killed himself because he was yeah. couldn't handle so it. And some people say a ring. A ring? That seems to. Yeah. Just they just threw a ring off the bridge. Yeah, I don't mm. like that explanation. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it had something more substantive. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but I, yeah. I, for some reason, I, that just that song came to mind wow. as I was listening to some of her stuff because it's got that disturbing stuff going on, but simple and yeah. To many like you could sing of it on. devoid from its meaning and be yeah. like, oh, hmm. yeah. Yeah. it's a nice little song. And then you listen to it, you're like, what is yeah. going on? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. yeah. I was just here to enjoy some music. There's <laughs> <laughs> people in this ridge. It's disturbing. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so not necessarily to end on that, but... Um, <laughs> Again, I just, this whole thing just reinforced how great she was. She's so good. I don't feel like I have a place to say that she's good. You know, like, what can I say (laughs) to compliment what she has achieved that would even come close to. So basically you're saying. Giving it credit, real credit. You're not worthy to. Pretty much. To say. Yeah, man. Or that I'm just really, listening to her music felt like I was, you know, when you meet someone and you immediately feel kinship with them, mm-hmm. like that you grew up on the same street or you've known mm. them your whole life, even though it's your first conversation. That's how I feel listening to her yeah. music. Mm. Like yeah. that she had always been there. Well, I feel enriched having listened to her. And also it's very pleasing to know that there are people out there like that, mm. that can do that. It's mm-hmm. like, holy cow, <laughs> man, this is really a wonderful world. Well, we're clearly all of us completely in love with yeah. her yeah. music. Yeah. Just, yeah. just unabashedly, all three of us, yeah. from whatever we come from musically. Right. Uh, and I am thoroughly inspired to listen to the one or two other more Me recent too. albums that I haven't yeah. uh, given much listening yeah. to. And it's, there was the one that was a little older with her on the sword in the car. Why, uh, middle why, Cyclone, yeah. I think I'd like a poster of that one. The like sword. The cover of it, yeah. 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 Above my bed. <laughs> so She's every badass. morning when I wake up, it's the first thing I see. <laughs> You're going to attack the day. Yes. I'm going to be that. (laughs) Invincible. Take no fucking prisoners. (laughs) 